XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Show. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. talking like that you just heard me a moment ago in here i really haven't gone anywhere in the last couple minutes uh 866 ron zero fez 866 ron zero fez uh big thanks to ona this morning and all the people who stopped by that was really uh amazing uh we'll open up the phone lines today 866 ron zero fez 866 ron zero fez and uh I'm going to attempt to get as many African-Americans in the first hour as I possibly can. In honor of our buddy Patrice. Uh, Chris Stanley? Yes. Could you do me a favor? Okay. Keep the Bob Seger look going no matter what happens because, you know, does every laugh hurt now? Is that where you are with the cough? Got a bad cough. The The filterless cigarettes aren't helping anything. You are at the point now where you could smoke a filter and still end up coughing up some kind of brown juice, as you put it. Mm, I love the brown juice. It'll tell when, you know, when it comes back up, it's not so pleasant. This whole thing has me worried about you right now. I'll be all right. Uh, we got some, uh, I guess, coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes. But overall, I think we've just got to chill today because it was... Uh, Absolutely uh, crazy to see the way everything um, blew up yesterday for Patrice. And I got a really nice email from Gorilla Bob about this, too, but I talked about this before. I don't know what it is about human beings that we can't say we appreciate anything why we have it. The amazing love that came Patrice's uh, way after he was gone is just stunning to me. It's just stunning. It's nuts. Um, all right. And keeping this going, like I said, I want to get as many Africans, Americans as we can in the first uh, hour. And let's start it off the way we always need to, and that's with Star Trek. Love it. Um, do you remember the first African-American woman? Uhura. Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek is going to stop by. Trek Nation premieres tonight on the Science Channel uh, at 8 o'clock. That's just called Science Channel? It's just Science Channel. 
Did it used to be sci-fi, or is it something totally different? It's something totally different. All right, it's just the science channel. So Star Trek is science. It's not uh, science fiction. Mm -mm. It's happening now all around us. Ahura. Ahura. Uh, and her job was to constantly get Starfleet on the phone. That's right. She couldn't reach him a lot. Like, I'm not getting anything. And she had, like, that first um, Bluetooth. Oh, hell yeah. She was Bluetooth rocking too. that, like, in the 60s. Nichelle Nichols uh, from Star Trek, uh, Trek Nation tonight. Let's bring her in. Michelle was just humming along with the Star Trek theme. Yes. Do you do that every time it comes on? Yes. <laughs> and, on, and so forth. <laughs> People would pay money to see that concert. You just come out, do that theme, they yes. go crazy, you could walk yes, away. I, I, I've sung it, I sang it at the Kennedy Center. Uh-huh. Uh, Last year. Now, what's this? What, what? Where are we? This about six months ago. About six months yeah. ago. Well, we'll be. Uh, that'll be last year in about another thirty days. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, Trek Nation is tonight on the Science Channel. Is it amazing that after all these years, you're still telling so many of these stories and mean so much to so many people? Yes, it is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, and it's gratifying, and what this young man, Eugene Roddenberry Jr., has done mm -hmm. to bring his father into focus. It was a young man's journey to find out who his father was, because he was 17 when his father died. And he wanted to know who this man was, because Gene's up at the crack of dawn going to work and coming home late at night when he, and he didn't care about star trek he didn't yeah. know what it was and then he found he took uh, this journey to find out who his dad was and like he says he found the good the bad the warts and all sure and with it all he found that this person that he hardly knew uh he fell in love with him he understood finally and so when he went to his first Star Trek convention, he was a, a full-grown man, mm -hmm. and it just blew him away. Well, I think that most of us, particularly young men, don't really know who our dads are. Mm -hmm. You don't know that outside life yes. of your father. Yeah. Uh, your mother's around more, and your mother's open more than your dad is. Well, even even in that, his mother wasn't there because she was part of Star Trek. Right. <laughs> she yeah. was an actor on Star Trek, and then the next generation. Uh, but none of this could have happened without Gene Roddenberry. Very, very early on, and he's battling the networks. He changed the face of television to begin with. Mm -hmm. in the most positive way. He produced the first interracial 
all-star cast with men and women as equals. Unheard of. Right. Um, uh, and, and he gave the world a new vision of who they were and who they, we, we are vis-a-vis one another. And, and, and so it, it really ch- changed everyone, including we who were on the show, mm-hmm. um, because we're experiencing something very, very new. Yeah, and at the time, I mean, it's hard for young people to understand this, but you're saying men and, and women and, and uh, the fact that there was races that came together. The hoses are still out in the South while this is happening. Women's liberation that's hasn't exactly, happened yet. That's exactly. When, um, when, I, when I first... When I first, uh, the, fir- the first season, I was going to leave the show. Mm-hmm. And I told Gene, I, I was, and he was very upset about it. He said, take the week on, and think about it. I went to an NAACP uh, fundraiser that next night. And they said, Miss, I was at the a celebrity guest at the dais. And they, the uh, producer came and said, Miss Nichols, someone wants to meet you. Um, he said, he said... He says he's your greatest fan. And I said, certainly. And I turn around and get up and turn around into the face of doc, Dr. Martin Luther King, my leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, 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 was, I couldn't even speak. And um, he's telling me how, how wonderful he thinks my role is and how I've created it. And I said, thank you, Dr. King, but I'm going to miss my co-stars. And he says, what are you talking about? And I told him what I'd just done with Gene. And he said, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. You, what Gene Roddenberry has done, has given us a vision of ourselves, has given the world a vision of who, not only who we are, but who we can be. For the first time, we see ourselves as we should be seen. That's what we're marching for. That's why we're out there. And he said, my, my, this is the only show that my wife Coretta and I allow our little children to stay up and watch. Now, was that lost on you before that moment? Did you understand that before? No, I felt very guilty. I thought I should be out there marching right. with them. And here I have this cushy, wonderful yeah. uh, role on television doing what I want to do, you know, was born to do, is to act and sing. And he's even wrote songs for me mm-hmm. in, the, in the episode. In episodes. And um, I was living life, but I wanted to get back to my first love, which was um, a theater, still mm-hmm. is, musical theater. And at the time, you, I, I, you know, because I think what he w- was saying is, like, your character wasn't struggling to be equal. Was The, the war the was fact, over, the victory was won, everybody was there. There. And, and he, what his genius was, was setting it in the, 20th, in yeah. the, in the 23rd century. Right. And, and uh, there you cut the... the, the Hollywood didn't have to feel 
uh, because it was science fiction, mm -hmm. and and it's not going to happen for three hundred <laughs> yeah. years. So we can Relax. Go, go with it. Go with the flow. You know. Relax, crackers. Yes, this is yeah. what happened during your lifetime. Yes. And and people, especially in the South, uh, came to see saw that, and they said they saw themselves as they should be for the first time. Yeah. And Gene Roddenberry gave that gave that not only to our country. Mm -hmm but to the world. It, fr it freed everybody. And the interesting thing is it probably works on a subconscious level first. Like you accept it because here, you know, this play is being acted out in your living room, so you're just enjoying it, you're watching Absolutely. it, you're not really thinking about it. Well, there were a lot of people thinking about yeah. it. They were going like, wow, at last. Yeah. And it liberated a lot of people, you know, in the South. But here, this is what this is what this young man, Rod, mm -hmm. young Rod Roddenberry, has has done. So incredibly astute. He did not know his father. Mm -hmm. Again, I said he's he was seventeen years old when his father died. He grew up in with uh, uh, um, maids and people because mm -hmm. his father and his mother were off working on something called Star Trek. <laughs> he was playing with his guys. Mm -hmm. He only saw a couple of episodes of it and he thought it was crazy. You know? Mm -hmm. So he went on doing his thing until he was grown and realized he didn't know his father. He had no idea of what all the hoopla was about. And he decided to find out. And more he found out the how incredible how he changed the face of television and changed the society the world over by ch by casting the way he did and giving stories that with the with the far reach that he did and he decided to discover and he went on a personal uh, uh, mission of discovery and what he found is he says uh, the good the bad warts at all mm -hmm. that this wasn't just some powerful image right. that he couldn't understand this was a real person and in the end in in his search he fell in love with his father it is isn't that beautiful yeah it is beautiful because we tend to think that greatness gets done 100% of the time in everybody's life. But the fact that human beings can just do great things exactly. despite their flaws. And, that's, and, and he, could, he could write and create that because he, he understood that. Mm -hmm. he said, the, the, the greater you are, you're probably somewhere a feet of clay like anybody else. Yeah. And people with, that seem to be... With feet of clay have greatness in them yes. when, when they find it. Yeah, and that's another thing that Star Trek gave to humankind. Yeah, There's more to you than you even have imagined. And at the time, the studios weren't recognizing this. The studios... They wanted no part of it. As, as a matter of fact, it was not Star Trek that he was trying to sell. He was trying to sell another script that was a trek across the country when we're still in wagons and mm -hmm. going far but it was an all-star uh, 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 cast of men and women as equals of all colors 
And they said, you can't do that, Gene. <laughs> Finally, a friend of his that was head of a studio said, Gene, we can't, you can't do that. We can't sell it. This is America. They're not going to buy it. There's the South that will <laughs> rise against us. <laughs> he says, you've got, you can't do it. Gene, maybe in 300 years, you know, that happened. Yeah. That really happened. And Gene said he stood up and he thanked him and he went home and he wrote Star Trek. He Just went home and wrote 300 years. Then what would be the road, a method of transportation? A spaceship, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still kind of a pioneer story. It's a wagon train story. Exactly. It's all these people together. It's the together. same story. Yeah. And and the and, and the characters for the first time he could have uh, a black chief communications officer female who's fourth in command on the command crew. I mean, gosh, yeah, you know, and people from here and the Asian who runs the sh who drives the ship, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, an he, alien, got, yeah, half alien from another planet who's second in command. Wow, he's got a Russian when we're in the middle of the Cold War. Exactly. In the uh, middle of the Cold War, he, he brought that, when he brought the Russian on, it was just so wonderful to us. That was in the second season. And there, uh, you know, lies the thing that it becomes this, it's about humanity, even though it's in the middle of all this technology. Exactly. And the odd thing is people, I think, connect to both sides of it. The people like yes. the technology. First but, people are human. Yeah. And then we discover what greatness or whatever we are and, and how to affect it. Now, when the show went off the air, did you think at the time, okay, that was a nice ride, but it's over? Uh, That's showbiz. Yeah. That's showbiz. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't we surprised? Yeah. <laughs> when did you start to find out that people weren't letting go of these stories? When I was going to leave the show after the first year mm -hmm. and, um, and went in and told Gene I was going, going to leave. And I told Rod this story, and he said, wow, Gene said, you can't do this. Don't you see what I'm trying to achieve here? Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it, you know. But he said, take the weekend and think about it. And the next night I was at a NAACP fundraiser, mm -hmm. and there was Dr. met Dr. Yeah. Martin Luther King when I said I was leaving the show. He said, you can't do that. Right. I said, you sound like Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Did when the early conventions started, and I guess this is the seventies, and most of the people throughout the years have not seen Star Trek in real time. Most people have viewed it in reruns, and it kept building, right? It kept getting stronger. Yeah, uh, not oh, oh yes, because, yeah. Oh well, when they uh, after the first season, when fans even got the sense that that it was a rumor that it was going to be canceled. Um, we had switchboards then. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, what their method of communication was? I'll pick up the phone and call ten people, mm -hmm. and get the ten people to call ten people. And this is how they kept the show alive. They jammed the, the switchboards, demanding that of, of the stations where Star Trek was, was uh, being shown, demanding that they not cancel the show. Yeah. And even they, they show this in, uh, in Trek Nation yeah. at a point that after Lyndon Johnson said, I'm not returning 
uh, as president. Mm-hmm. Immediately they went into, but Star Trek will be back next year. <laughs> that's right. That's Stop right. Stop calling us. Yes. We, yes. we got it. Yes. Yeah, we uh, got the message. Were you shocked when the, it came around that you were going to get to make movies of this character? Uh, and I guess many years after. I was outraged. Yeah. I'm finally making it back to my <laughs> where I belong theater. <laughs> That they were getting ready, I'm getting ready to go Broadway. It wasn't signed, but it was ready. And they called and said, come back, you have, we're going to do Star Trek, the motion picture. So I went to do the motion picture and uh, put put my dream on hold again. (laughs) And the next thing I knew, they were signing us up for the next three and then the next three, you know, like Mm -hmm. that. We did six uh, major motion pictures. I just threw my hands up because now I'm Uhura forever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I give up. I love her. <laughs> do you still have this place for theater, though? Is it still? Do you love theater? Oh, do you love, yes. Yeah. I'm remounting my one woman show, uh-huh. Reflections, uh, and and rewriting it and re- remounting it. And every chance I get, I'm on in the theater. When you do a one woman show like that, um, that part of it though that you were connecting with the audience that night mm-hmm. and i can see that it's it's something in you as you even tell these stories you can do it mm-hmm. very quickly find mm-hmm. that spot mm-hmm. that's what acting that's what brought you to acting in the first place about uh, making well, that connection I, all i remember is being about five years old and going to get my dad and mom to sit down and and uh, i had something for them i'd learned a song and i went in to sing this song and it was called Moaning Low My sweet man, I love him so My parents <laughs> fell on the floor <laughs> I heard it on the radio and it was a beautiful song <laughs> uh, And so I was a singer yeah. and then I would write these scenes and then I, so I was an actor <laughs> And then I was, and by by the time I was seven, I was in dance. I was a ballerina, so I was a singer, dancer, uh, baller, you know, singer, dancer, actor, and writer. And I thought, doesn't everybody? Right. <laughs> you were a one woman show by I'm, five years old. <laughs> yes, and I. I <laughs> oh dear. So no looking back from being a little kid. It's just something that was in you. You know, almost like it wasn't even your choice. Yes, I think that's what keeps you alive and vital and and pertinent. Yeah. You know, and uh, valid is to keep that child alive and still be a woman and still have responsibilities and still go find your father. Mm. And in writing about your father... As this young man is dead, he found him. He discovered him through, like I said, the good and bad warts and all. And he told me he fell in love with his father for the first time. And I said, he said, I finally found my father. I said, and yes, you found his son. You found yeah. yourself. And, and you found who you are. He is definitely his father's son. Is that right? Yeah. He's got all of that talent, all, all of the um, 
expectations of life of the best the best of humankind that's him he's that he's he's named correctly uh eugene roddenberry jr and since you know his dad so much you think that he would have loved this project you will that oh, he would have loved the fact that the, he does the, love it yeah yeah that is some he, he's he's there waiting for him years from now saying i knew you had it in it all the time uh, Michelle Nichols, thanks so much for stopping by to see us today. I hope everybody who sees it on the Science Channel at uh, 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight, tonight, the Science and, Channel. And any other nights, I think they can go to science.com uh, and find out if it's playing a game. But, but they are where they can, they can own it. Thank you so much for stopping by today. I thank you. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Okay, fine. Um, I am not your assistant anymore. I will just be your friend. I wish it was that easy. If we were to hang out again, I would just constantly be tempted to get you to do shit for me and have to fight that real hard. I hope we get in a car wreck right now. I do. I hope we get in a fucking car wreck. A motherfucking car wreck and we both die and then we can live in heaven. I shouldn't even announce it because it's still in the early stages, but it looks like I'm in the next Star Trek. Just talking, um, we're working out where Ahura is going to just have a friend with her who sits next to her and goes like this. That's right, Ahura. You're going to be on the deck of the Starship Enterprise? I don't know. I haven't seen the show. Oh. But apparently... they have some kind of, it's, it looks like a rocket, but it's kind of round at one part of it. Yeah, that's the Starship Enterprise. Okay. So there's a guy, I think his name is Pointy Ear Man. Oh, God. And Spock. Huh? That's Spock. I'm supposed to do this thing where I try to make him laugh. It's going to be really difficult, though. Yeah, because, he doesn't have any this, emotions. This sounds nuts. He's not even fully human. No, what? he's half Vulcan. Yeah. He's ruled by logic. I don't know if I'm able to make him laugh. Hmm. Well, this is going to be fun. I'm in the next uh, Star Trek. That's awesome. Can I like, come on set, maybe? So or? the only thing I said, I go, am I going to do any scenes with Chewbacca? And she started crying. That's, that's Star Wars. Do you remember in the Star Wars versus Star Trek argument, I picked Star Trek? As did I. As did I, my friend. That's right. Next Generation. And Huge then fan. the gay kid and the kid toucher, they picked the... By the way, you can go in any direction with that. <laughs> they picked Star Wars. They love it. Uh, this is a story of a son searching for his father. See, I need to be more dramatic in my life. Okay, the we way need, Michelle is. You probably need the dramatic music then behind you. I think that would help. A man searches for his father. A father he never knew. And finds him surrounded by tribbles. Oh, that's fucking deep. Um, Except for the tribbles part, I guess. You know, when she got into that uh, 
Martin Luther King thing. It was so weird because, like Martin Luther King, I had a dream. Really? And I was banging this chick, but she had like a lobster head. Whoa. And That's then, scary. Yeah. It was like really weird. And I just woke up like completely freaked out because I was like boiling her while we were doing it. It was really, yeah. Kind of like snuff. But, you know, I had a dream. And I said that on the steps. And uh, no one liked it. Uh, let's keep it moving along. Uh, Hicks, do you feel like you're rich? No, if you look at my bank account. But you are rich. Okay. You're super rich. What? And if you read this book by Russell Simmons, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Love Russell Simmons. Love Def Jam. Well, he's here. And he wants to talk about Star Trek, and he wants to talk about all the things that you can do. Um, the new book is out, Super Rich, A Guide to Having It All. Uh, it's now in paperback. And check him out. He's relaunched his media news sites, globalgrind.com. Uh, by the way, for first responders, it's at Nichelle, the real Nichelle. Is that it? Yeah. Real what? Nichelle. Real Nichelle. At real Nichelle on Twitter for the first responders. Uh, but let's get back into this. Super Rich, a guide to having it all. Available in stores now and on Amazon.com. And check out GlobalGrind.com. It's Russell Simmons. Simmons in studio with us, and I just had this great experience of watching him do business as he's walking through the door <laughs> on the telephone, making things happen, making big creative changes. <laughs> big cre <laughs> We're doing a commercial about the financial service company, and and uh, we were going to do an ape at first. They told me to be racist. I said, You're stupid. <laughs> and he scratches his head, like asking, "How much is your bank cost? And how much is your free bank account? You know, and and how much does it cost to transfer your money? And how much does it cost?" Do you have a budgeting tool? And, do you, and then it's a rush card commercial. Yeah. You know, because, so anyway, but we were supposed to get a sheep, and the sheep was supposed to scratch his head, but it's a lamb. I said, fuck it, then let the lamb make sound like a sheep when it scratches his head. See, <laughs> I don't think that most kids out there realize that during. A lamb you know, is not a sheep. Yeah, or during a business meeting, you can still say, fuck it. You know what I mean? It happens. Even at the top. You can say fuck it sometimes when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. I'm sure you can. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't tell my daughters to say it just because they're 11 and 9. <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't think about it much. Uh, Super Language. Rich is now available in paperback. That's right. 
It, it was a, the second book I wrote on the subject, and the first one, uh, the subject is consciousness, mm -hmm. and the idea of super riches is to live in a, a to be super rich is to needing nothing, a state of needing nothing, or you could call it a state of yoga, a state of Christ consciousness, uh, nirvana, taqwa for Muslims. What a, mm -hmm. you know, this idea of being awake, you know, and 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 operating from this kind of abundance that comes from this consciousness, and so. The book is about that, and it's the second one. I, I wrote a book called Do You, and I wrote it because it was a cleansing after, I don't know, 20 years or so, almost 20 years of studying yoga. Uh, and the scriptures and getting them all like, so putting them down mm -hmm. and, and condensing them and making them simple was a good cleansing for me. And I wrote it, and it was fun, and they paid me a bunch of money, and they gave most of it to charity. It was fun. And then Oprah called me and told me she loved it. And then she named it, and we worked together, and she made a bestseller day, came out. And that was great. That was called Do You. So this book I wrote with a, a more a higher intention mm -hmm. to really change lives, because the last book people would say, oh, my God, your book changed my life. And it was because I took what everyone knows, you know, it's in all the scriptures, these ideas over and over again. But I took them, and I made them in a way that some people could relate to them. And so Do You became a bestseller, and people told me it changed their life. So this book I wrote with the intention of changing some lives. Hmm. And this book is twice as big, at least, right? And it's doing really well, and it's just this soft cover just comes out. And it's um, more technical, I think, not in a heavy way. You know, still has examples of, of it that I've seen of people operating from these principles. But it's... Um, Anyway, it's a bestseller. It's it's second printing uh, and, and a soft cover, and it just came back out. I'm excited. And what you're saying is everybody already has everything they ever need already, right? <clears throat> well, it's we know. There. I mean, it's reminded you know over and over, but it's the noise that separates us from from this this realization. Mm -hmm. And so there's a chapter on meditation. I'm on the board of the David Lynch Foundation, and we've given mm. twenty thousand kids probably meditation. Uh, in the schools, and it's something I, you know, I like to be part of. And I meditate twice a day. And my kids meditate, and and the whole, all the yogic science is not different from what's in. It's the book is written based on the Yoga Sutras and the Bhagavad Gita and the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and these these scriptures. But and and the Yoga Sutras in particular is a how-to book. Mm -hmm. So simplifying these these kind of um, practices and giving them to people really makes a difference for them, you know. And it's also a prosperity book in that. Um, like the f needing nothing attracts everything, right? Mm -hmm. So good givers are great getters, right? So the first chapter, my brother's a prosperity preacher, and <laughs> he's like super rich, but it's not about money. Like people don't want any shit. They want the Reverend didn't say that, but the yeah. Reverend said uh, they have taxes to pay. And then we and something we always talked about is that Jesus did teach two sermons, and it took me ten months to come back to something we knew. He said, "How do I? T how do you tell people?" Forget about, you know, neediness. People are needy. Mm -hmm. And you want to get them out of it being needy because that neediness is causing suffering. And neediness separates you from this great potential. But he said, how do you get them out of it? You know, by being so, it's over their head, Russ. So with, in, when the first chapter is called Redefining Rich. And in this chapter, I, I've written a whole book. And in two months, and in ten months, I still hadn't figured out what did, how do I explain that needing nothing is this state of consciousness, is what we're going for. <laughs> you right. talk to somebody in the first chapter, they throw the book out the window. <laughs> so Jesus taught two sermons, one to the masses, where he said, if you live this life and, and practice these principles, then you'll have no problem paying the Romans their taxes on time. Right? And people got with that, that was good, and that was for the masses. But to the disciples, he said, if you do this, you'll be closer to God and you'll be happier. 
right? And then people took that and and uh, ran with those disciples. Were much they never had worried about taxes. It was never a problem because they were good givers and they didn't, you know, w without expectation, they were much more attractive and much more sticky, and so they did even better. So the book doesn't take the principles of the secret. Um, they're not different from the secret, but the, the result, in, in the scripture it says you have control over the fruit, the, uh, the work alone, but never the fruit, but then mm -hmm. it goes on and on and talk about how little, what little value the fruit holds. And that's an important thing, you know, and so a lot of the other prosperity ideas, they value the result too heavily, and I didn't want to lie. I didn't want to tell people something that was not true, just to, you know, to sell the book. And so I, and I, and I didn't want to just sell the book. I wanted to share people the freedom that comes with this kind of, uh, these practices. Now, so what, what are we doing when we bring negative things to us? How, how, are we, how do we get ourselves out of balance? Just, we're, I guess most of us are, right? Most of us are not we in balance. We all are yeah. suffering, but, you know, it's the idea of practicing these things. You know, I, I wake up, you know, I, I sit out every morning, I light a candle, and I meditate. I spend 20 minutes on that, and, and I try to remember to remember. That's what the book is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's these, these are mantras, you know, these practices. You remember them and to actually try to live by them. The good thing about meditation, you can sit and your thoughts come and go, and sometimes the thought will come of something that, you know, that because of you know, your pain body, you just keep sucking it back in. But when you can see it from a little bit of a distance, yeah. you can decide if the train's going the wrong way, get off. Yeah. And other, other than that, you just ride the train, you know. So the meditation is helpful in that way in terms of making a change. Um, and, I, and I have lots of practices to make a change. And I, every day I take time for myself and my first uh, chakra. I, I make yoga every day in the physical practice because I think it's, it, for me, um, it, it's, a, it's a cleansing. I mm -hmm. do it every day. It's moving prayer, and I, and I take it very seriously. So taking yourself seriously, you know, not in heavy-handed, like serious, but, you know, t taking your needs first is the best way to serve others. And service to others is how you making others happy makes you happy. Making others money makes you money. We know all that rap. So, mm -hmm. but you have to be prepared for that, and so you have to take care of yourself first. Uh, I'm just I find myself thinking about this friend of ours that we just lost. Uh, his name is Patrice O'Neill, terrific, terrific comic. Yeah. And throughout his life, he was kind of no more as an artist more than people bringing him in. But once he died just the other day suddenly this outpouring came from all these people who appreciated him but i can't help thinking he didn't get that experience of knowing how well loved he was how well appreciated he was and it seems like we only do that after some somebody or something's gone well um it's true that people you know they get but but i think it's really good to um to try to to have that in your heart already, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, just be, you, in other words, not to crave that, you know, need, be needy in right. that way, if you can help it. And so you're practicing things that kind of let go of that neediness. Patrice, I would tell you that I loved him. I never said so many nice things about him since, until he passed. Yeah. I was on the road with him uh, in, in London, England, and not only London, in England, I went to Manchester, we went to Brixton, and he went somewhere else, um, Liverpool. Yeah on the Def Comedy Jam tour. <clears throat> he was so great. And, yeah. I, and I put up his stuff on globalgrind.com. That's my site, globalgrind.com. And we put up my, on his stuff, and we talked about him. And, and all that stuff, you're right, that's the accolades for how great he was and how much we appreciate his talent came after he passed. Yeah. And it happens all the time. You know? 
And it is it's one of those sad things that uh, he did not get the chance to see no. that. He's like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm never going to get that love from people like some of the more mass appeal comics. But here it was all there. It just never was stated. You know, yeah. it never was stated. Yeah. Um, you're doing uh, some stuff with Occupy Wall Street. You're one of the people that have shown up there. Uh, and that thirty times, yeah, and that brings also some heat your way, right? There's some people oh, yeah. that are very, very, very angry with me, yeah. man. And I don't understand what's wrong with it. I think that any Tea Party Republican member, any mm. Tea Party member, Republican member, any Democrat, any anybody, any political party in this country, or any you know political ideas, they gotta if they believe in a democracy, they have to understand. The value of the work that these guys, these kids are doing, because we—they're at Wall Street because they were at Wall Street because Wall Street controlled their future. Mm. And if if you elect an official and you're a Republican and you send this guy to Washington, you don't want him to work for a healthcare company. If your reason you're not getting healthcare is not because of smaller government, but in fact because the healthcare company pays your politician, then then that's not good. Or if you don't, if you got people in jail for drugs for 20 years because they have to fill the hotels, the prisons. And it's because the lobby is paid for that, then that's a problem. Or if you go to war and you got to question whether a war machine um, and and his lobbyists convinced the president to go to war, then that's a problem. So the lobbyists, if, if I got a tax break and I pay less taxes than my secretary, that's a, and and it's because of lobbyists, and that's a problem. And so this country is run by big business, special interests, and and we have to stop that. Mm. We want a democracy where the people run the country. And the people run the country through their representatives. And their representatives cannot, they should not be working for corporations. And that's a, a constitutional amendment that has to be, that we have to have. Because nine out of ten Americans believe this. So when these kids are in the street and they're bringing this dialogue up and people are thinking about issues like that, then, then we're, we're doing the right thing. Mm. And those kids are doing the right thing. And I support them. And do you think that this thing is going to keep growing, or do you think... It's going to be a revolution. Yeah. In, in terms of not, not going to tear the government down, you're going to make it better. Yeah. And I think that's what we're doing here. I think 2012 is going to be a ridiculously interesting I don't give year. a shit if the economy gets better. Yeah. It's still going to be um, this, this sentiment to make this country better. And these people who are protesting uh, things that are obviously wrong with our government are, are, are good for doing what they're, they're good. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be good. And they're going to be in, uh, viewed in history as good. And, and I think that, you know, anybody who's... I even, yesterday I was on Hannity's show talking about it. I mean, there's no conservative and nobody who really, uh, who, who's viewed in this country, as who loves this country, who can't understand what could come from this when you explain properly. And this constitutional amendment, you can tell it to anybody, say, oh, it's a good idea, but it'll never get done. What right. do you mean it's a good idea? Everybody believes it's a good idea, but it'll never get done. What country does that? So if everybody believes it's a good idea, and, and we keep talking about it, and we, we hold it, because even your favorite Democrat, mm -hmm. favorite Republican, whatever, they're sitting in their chair, they're saying, 94% of the people with the most money win. I won. I got 36 terms of doing this shit. I've been here for three, for 15 terms. I'm not going to lose because I'm going to get the most money, and I'm going to win. And, and the playing field is not level, and I got a job. So they don't want to do it. you got to watch them. So the education process 
has to be a serious one, has to continue on this issue specifically and on all the issues. Because as we talk about them and we, we come to the right side of them, but if we're not educated on these issues, mm. then we just let it, you know, the corporations run everything. And, and you don't get health care and you get bad education and you, get, you spend so much money on uh, building war machines you never use. And, you know, you have all these imbalances because corporations are moving the government around like, like bitches. Like they're pimps and the, and, and the, prostitutes, and the prostitutes are, are politicians. Because the minute you get in office and you're a congressman, you start to hoeing. You only got two years left the day right. you walk in. <laughs> so you start right away selling influence. And that's, that's, that can't go on. That shit ain't going to happen. It can't fly forever. Do you think it's the, the two-party system that's already Well, corrupted? you know, I, 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 I can't focus on every thing that um, I got you know, to do what I'm going to do. Right now, uh -huh. I'm going to get this constitutional amendment in front of people. So much so that when it gets in front of our government, they got no choice but do what's right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm getting from Occupy. I'm being fed, you know, lots of energy. And, of course, I'm supporting them as much as I can and, you know, trying to negotiate with the city to, in L.A., for example, to try to not to be too violent and try to – they were offering them uh, quite a bit of support. The whole, you know, the media has been very funny with Occupy. Like, they, they – they, they don't realize that 40 percent or 37 percent, depending on what what city is, you know, um, they have all these homeless people, people who are dropped off in New York, for instance, down the block from Rikers Island. They get dropped off down the block. So there's free food and tents over there, and food, tents, and clothes. Go live over there. And some of those people, to their credit, joined the community, understood and embraced the the the, the movement, and found purpose in the community. And occupy Wall Street. And, but some of those people, some of the homeless have mental problems. Sure. Some of the homeless um, are vagrants, are violent. And they take the violence and, and interview the violent or the ex-convict, and they act like this person is a leader since the movement is run by the, the um, general councils. Mm -hmm. And the general councils have no leadership, but they take votes on their direction. It's a very organized effort by very sophisticated college kids and, and, and you know, other uh, protesters who have been involved and given them leadership in, in terms of how they build their infrastructure. They built the most amazing little communities with their first aid, with their kitchen, with their communications departments, with their live streaming, with their every city had great infrastructure. The ones that were torn down, they took a lot of sophisticated equipment out of those places. But they were also taking care of a lot of homeless. Were you surprised when Bloomberg did that in the middle of the night? Were you? No, were I, you knew think it was coming? I knew it was going to go down. We yeah. all knew. Just like, but you know, he he showed some restraint for some time. The the police did not uh, show enough restraint, in my opinion. Um, Bloomberg did a you know, he didn't do such a bad job, you know, compared to some other cities. Uh, I think the mayor of L.A. I didn't see the stuff they did block out all. Just like the mayor of New York, they blocked out. It should be illegal. They blocked the media out of the. Yeah. You couldn't see the violence that the police waged uh, on the protesters or vice versa. They didn't want that image. But, you know, they would criticize another government. Sure. But they would do it themselves. You know, and I always say, you know, that's, that's another reason why we want the people to be in charge of our government as opposed to corporations. Because corporations, you know, the heads of corporations, they, they do what they can. 
But they do whatever they can. I've been on the board of some of the biggest corporations in the world. And they say, well, we'll give charity. so It will endear us to the people. Mm-hmm. We'll do this. It will endear us to the people. We'll do this. This will, They won't know about it. <laughs> they, <laughs> right. Their job is to get paid every yeah. quarter. That's their job. They, you can't say I'm against. You can say I'm against corporate greed. But I want to legislate it. Yeah. Fuck that. I just, don't want to, I just don't want them to tell my government what to do. They're going to be greedy. They're going to be turning a profit to the investors. That's their job. God bless them. Some people are going to say, I can't say, well, Russell, why are you at Occupy Wall Street and you, um, you charge a fee for your, your, your business? Because I'm fucking, what do you mean? Why do you make clothes out of the country? Because it's fucking possible to make them in the country. Mm. I wouldn't have the, the, the employees I have in America have to go home too if I thought I was going to make my clothes in America. I wouldn't be competitive. So it's the environment that we create that allows corporations to do what they got to do or what they can do. So if, when we change it, then they have to operate a different way. Then the, what's the competitive landscape changes, and they operate in a way that's more beneficial to the people. And you brought up a great point where even the CEOs are forced to show a profit every quarter, no I matter what, what happens. Ha- that's right. So what, no matter what happens. How you give them personhood when they have no compassion? Yeah. They're not people. They're, they're greedy corporations, and that's their job to be greedy. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not faulting them. Uh, you know, there's ethical questions and, and moral You know, those things they got to deal with on their own. Uh, you know, but, but what's common practice they have to compete with, yeah. period. So if they can't compete with common practice, and we have to change some of the yeah. practices by legislation. And that's what I think the people will do when they're in charge and the politicians will do. You have to have a lobbyist come or a person come and talk to a politician to tell him about your business when he's legislating. That way you say it's impossible to make it here. Some shit can't be made here. And there's also political things. Well, these are friends. We sell them shit. They sell us shit. We can't just not. You know, there's a lot of a lot of thoughtful work that has to be done. But if it's too heavy on the part of the corporations and their only job is to exploit the people then the money grab continues. And, and there's going to be a greater divide between the rich and the poor, and the people will rise up even more. This is just a taste of what they can get unless they fix the system. And, and when they fix the system, the other things will get fixed. You know, in other words, 70-some-odd yeah. percent of the people in jail for nonviolent crimes, and, the, and, and they poison communities and destroy communities, and that has to go the other way. You know, and so the prison industrial complexes, which are making a fortune, they, they have to stop when they stop having influence on our government, and we're looking at our budgets, and and a lot of people are just quiet. They get the money and they just shut the fuck up. They don't yeah. they don't actively go out and campaign to put kids in jail for long periods of time or to make these laws last forever. But they just be quiet. Yeah. So in, in other words, perfect examples. Everybody knows that these politicians shouldn't be whores. Every politician knows it, but you know they ain't saying shit. You know, one politician wrote this, uh, one longtime congressman wrote this constitutional amendment. Everybody would say, if you talk to them personally, oh, yeah, it's a good idea, and walk away. They're not going to go to work on this because they host. Mm. They're going to just jump up and, and tell, you know, the, the pharmaceutical company, fuck you. They can't do it. They won't, be in, they won't have a job. It's because the, you know, they the need yeah. they have the money. The money, the funding, yeah. support systems that make them um, successful will disappear. And they don't want to be the only ones out there. So it has to be, right. we got to watch these politicians. We got to hold them accountable to make them change this country for the better. And that's going to take the people to make them do it. Uh, and all those people that get in those positions have already proven that they could play the game. That's how they got there. Why yeah. would they change the game? That's right. Why change the game? 
Uh, Super Rich is the book in paperback now. And uh, I hope you stop back in again My next pleasure. year because I think um, it's all going to get wild next year. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, you know what? I, I support the change that matters. So, yeah. uh, Russell Simmons, thanks so much, man. Thank you. Now, why is dreams, Jimmy? Did you ever think you'd be this big? To be honest, Terry, I did. Even in the early days. As big as the Rolling Stones. Who the fuck are they, Terry? Are you sitting there with It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, coming up this hour, we've got Jermaine Jackson. We have... Fucking star-studded. Yeah. This is all for Patrice. Uh, we got Moesha stopping by. And hopefully, Ronnie Lott, one of the greatest... Uh, no, what am I saying? The greatest defensive player of my lifetime. And yeah, I'm looking right at you, LT, and I'm still picking Ronnie Lott. I never saw anybody hit like the man. And then he cut his own finger off. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, us seeing Russell Simmons coming in being on the phone. That was awesome. Uh, dropping M-bombs about his thing. It was just... It was a panic. About lambs and sheep yeah. and whatever the fuck. It's fucking great. Um, I didn't see the phone at first. I thought he was talking to you, but he was fucking, you know, just the gibberish <laughs> or something. Or maybe referencing the song that I was playing. I wasn't sure. You, was like, oh. You thought he was, yeah, because he was shaking my hand while he was on his little, like, Bluetooth. Yeah. So he's saying, just change it. How hard is that? Just change it. The music? What? Yeah. Change it, M-Bomb. What am I talking about? I don't care if it's an ape, a lamb, a sheep. Change that shit. All right. People need rush cards. Um, here's Tim in Washington. Tim, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ron, this is Tim. Um, I'm up in Richfield, Washington. We're just a little north of okay. uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. And I saw in the, uh, in the newspaper that the clean of the parks and the cost of law enforcement for those demonstrations in uh, Portland and down in Salem, it's going to cost the state of Oregon $13 million. And then they said... For us to send police over to help the Portland police, it was costing $41,000 in overtime. I'm part of the 99%. I'm on Social Security. I'm retired. Tim, I have a limited income. Tim. These demonstrators are costing us more Tim, money. Why aren't you pissed that it costs 15 fucking million dollars to clean up a park? Me and you. If we, if they gave us fifteen million dollars, we put together a couple of guys and we'd bank most of that. Fuck yeah! Where the fuck is that fifteen million dollars? You see those sticks? I clean up a park for community <laughs> service. I ain't gonna pay dick. I, I was, fucking condoms. The fuck? <laughs> I saw this shit. 
fucking coming down. When I went down to uh, Occupy Wall Street, I didn't want Russell Simmons. I've been there 30 times. That fucking was a plaza, A. And B, what do you need all those cops hanging around for when there's people standing there? Hanging out. I don't I know. Now, here's the beauty of it. This is the thing that goes back to us at the same time. What the fuck are we spending so much money for on so much shit? They put out a thing on the cost of the war. A couple of billion dollars have gone into air conditioning. Fuck. What? This guy's got to keep cool. I mean, it's like 100 degrees out there. I understand. Electric bill runs about 300 a month. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I know. Is there fucking a couple billion dollars worth? Give me the air conditioning thing, and I'm going to bring it in. I'll bring the fucking deal in. We should get one of those contracts. I mean, gas should be free out there, right? I would love to have any fucking of those contracts, and that's why those people are so fucking happy with it. Lockheed Bennington, let's do it. Look, I'll get on it. Give me a fucking Bluetooth. What are you talking about? <laughs> Shit, bring a couple fans. Move it around. Move the air around. Um... Humid though. Anyway, let's move on with this. Uh, here's Dan Albany. Dan, you're on Fez. Yeah, Ronnie. Speaking of occupying, all the Ron and Fez fans are invited down to American Retro to occupy it for the uh, the Ron and Fez Christmas party Saturday, December 10th at 8 p.m. It's on 11th Avenue between 50th and 51st Street. They got $10 pictures of Yingling, and they got ski ball. It should be a pretty good time. All right, Dan. See you. Have a lovely night. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. I think we just ran out of our African-American guests, though. I don't think we have any more. Tia Tamara Mori. You know, he, the other thing that he was getting into, though, was 70% of the people in jail are nonviolent crimes. Drug offenders. It's drug offenders. So when we say nonviolent, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> now, I had fucking people write me the other day when I said I supported Ron Paul for just legalize it. Not marijuana, fucking heroin, whatever people want. I don't give a shit. Because we've lost the war on drugs. And if somebody wants to fucking sit in their house and shoot smack, that's up to them. A lot of people wrote to me and says, as a recovering addict, how can you do that? Uh, because it doesn't fucking work to stop addicts. It doesn't work to tell addicts they can't have it. The only thing that has ever worked is to tell a fucking addict, do you want to continue living this way? No? Then let's get you fucking sober. The only person that can keep an addict fucking sober is the addict. A cop has never been able to do it in history. It's ridiculous. Alcohol's fucking legal. They tried to fucking prohibition. I saw prohibition on PBS. That didn't work. Look at Nucky. He fucking. Yeah. Look at how crooked Atlantic City fucking turned. Jesus Christ. Now everyone's like, yeah, but those fucking drug people are shooting people in Mexico and they're shooting up. They won't be once it's legal. Yeah. Just, just in the same reason that you don't see them shooting up people for whiskey like they used to. You can just walk it across the fucking border instead of digging fucking drug tunnels and cutting people's heads me. off. The corporations will take care of how that fucking... <laughs> Suddenly you'll see Coca-Cola going, and we also have a heroin branch. Oh. Downer Coke. Can you imagine the fucking opiated fucking 
colas will have and waters. They'll just be in the water fountains. <laughs> they just say, fuck it. I'm down. That Russell Simmons, though, if you look at my emails and stuff today, uh, by the way, we should give out his uh, Twitter, too. That's Uncle Rush on Twitter. Sure. Uncle Rush. I don't know if I'd use that name. <laughs> I thought Uncle weird. Rush on Twitter. Who did you like better? Did you like him or Ahura better? I don't know. I liked Ahura because I love Star Trek, but I think Russell Simmons just coming in and talking on the Blackberry talking business is fucking really... That was just great experience. He's got like a little Mike Tyson thing about him. Oh, definitely. And he's not told than I thought of. Like He had, he was married to that Asian woman, like yeah. Kimora Lee or whatever, and they were on Cribs on MTV. I was watching it. She's got to be at least 6'6". Six, six. Because he was like a... He's not a big man. No. I saw that, that house of theirs. You couldn't shoot a rocket from one end to the other. What the fuck? They have like, you know, here's our, here's our gold ceilings in this room. And here's our more gold ceilings. What's this Mike uh, Tyson video that we got up on the entire bank? Oh, this is fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. I've only uh, heard about it. It's up on the com. It's really fucking funny. I can't. It's he. He was on a. Uh, Brazilian... He's on gold plated covers. Yeah. No, you didn't even tell me that. So this is him doing gold plated covers. He was on a uh, Brazilian TV show, and they invited him on. Is that? Hold on. Is that Brazilian Julie sitting next to him? <laughs> she shouldn't be with him. One, two, one, two. Tall and tan and young and lovely The girl from Ipanema goes walking And when she passes, each one she passes go ah. When she walks, she's like a samba That swings so cool and swings so gentle That when she passes, each one she passes say All right, let's stop that for a second. Let me just point this up. First of all, A, I'd rather get beat up by him than hear him sing that. I'd rather have him just fucking punch my face. Second, why sing that shit in Brazil? That's like somebody coming here from another country and singing New York, New York, like we're going to love it. We've overheard the song, dude. Maybe he thinks Ipanema's in Brazil or something. I don't know. It's just he... He fucking feels like I'm the South American strongman. Let me give them what they love down here. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then he's dressed like a Panamanian in the fucking white jacket it's and awesome. hat. It's a good look. All right, back to rocking. She just doesn't see. She just doesn't see me. Me. Oh, nice. What fucking language is that? Portuguese? Oh, yeah. They love it. All right, let's stop it for a second again. Uh, here's another thing about Mike Tyson. Didn't you think that when he tattooed his face, it was going to ruin his life? And he doesn't seem to let it slow him down. 
No, it's a positive at this point. It's just not even brought up. No one even says to him, Mike, you got fucking shit all over your face. You have a giant face tattoo. That's a bad sign, usually. I can fuck you and bite your ear off, and I can rape you and headbutt you. I'm in hope they make Hangover 3. I wouldn't worry. This fucking makes Raging Bull look like it fucking makes sense now. <laughs> Mike is going to end up a nightclub comedian. Let's get back to the rocking. Now, do they judge him, Hicks? I think this was just a, a TV show where they brought him on as a special guest and like, hey, have Iron, let's have Iron Mike sing. How was it? I like it a lot. Vocês gostaram? Senhores, senhores, Mike Tyson, Mike, I want to give you a very important present for us. That is the shirt of our national soccer team. I hope you'll like it. Yeah, I'll eat it later. Especially Mike Tyson. All right, personalized. Thank you, Thank you very much, Luciano. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here. And hopefully we can come back again and spend more time. Thank you. What's he rocking on his lip? I think he has a bit of a stash going Is this on. a hipster thing that he's doing? Is it Brooklyn Mike Tyson? <laughs> I think it's ironic. I'll tell you, I, we think we got some shitty fucking TV. They're crushing us. Everybody for Mike Tyson. It's a women's crowd. Why wouldn't it be? It looks like they're TRL. Do we even have a TRL ourselves? But they all look like they're about 28. These aren't little kids. No, these are career women. <laughs> I'm not sure. If that's <laughs> what does that fucking mean to you? <laughs> no, I want. I want. <laughs> okay. If I said. <laughs> Hey, come on over here later. I got some career women hooked up for us. What would you be expecting? Right, mid to late twenties, mm -hmm. and they're single and uh, they're career minded. So, that, and so they just they're just looking. At, they're just professional. So, what are the careers that they're in? I'm not sure. Maybe advertising. Okay. Or uh, pharmaceutical reps. Are you thinking of Peggy on Mad Men? Maybe fashion industry. Not sure. Receptionists. A receptionist is a career woman. Oh, maybe. Well, you're on top of it. You are on fucking top of it, Hicks. There's no doubt about it. It is the Ron and Fez Show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I think we're going to break here. Uh, or is it too early for the break? I thought that I didn't break after him, but I guess I did. Yeah, we did. We, we My broke, mind we is all fucking uh, thrown off from the weirdness of the first hour of this. Yeah. Very, uh, it's not usual, bam, tube. Yes, right off the bat. Uh, well, you do that, and, like, you know, I still just have all odd feelings going on, so I wasn't keeping up with things. Uh, let me go over here to Tom in New York. Tom. I have a countdown to Armageddon spy report, Ron. Countdown to Armageddon spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Took more than 1,400 police officers in Los Angeles to arrest 200 protesters at Occupy Los Angeles. See, that's the thing about it. When you know we're talking about how much money are we spending? Are we spending fucking smart money at all? Anywhere? It's a fucking small army. Jesus Christ! And you know, you you turn around and like Bloomberg is always like, "Well, don't worry, we're all billionaires." What? No, that's just you, dude. <laughs> 
Look, why can't these Occupy Wall Streeters just go back to their their townhouses on 79th Street? Or their buildings with their name on them all over the east side of New York. <laughs> it really is uh, weirdness. Now, you're going to like this, uh, Hicks. Rolling Stone magazine had just put out, they may reopen the Jim Morrison case. What? <laughs> Rolling Stone's all over this, huh? Yeah, uh, that the fact of how did he die, why was he buried so fast, oh, man. is that him? Oh, boy. You remember, like, years ago they said he was it, it was never him. They threw some fucking homeless guy in, and mm -hmm. off he went. That's um, crazy. Are they going to try to exhume the body then? That would be fucking insane. The initial cops said they thought for sure he'd been snorting heroin um, because of the foam coming out of his mouth. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, this will tie it in with another friend of ours. With him, and I'd never heard this before, hanging out with him the night that he died, Marianne Faithful. Whoa, really? Yeah. I never fucking heard that. And I never heard that before either. Now, as you know, Marianne, uh, Marianne Faithful, she did used to enjoy a little bit of the heroin. Yeah, she she liked to have. She co-wrote Sister Morphine with the with Keith. You're not you're not writing that song if you don't enjoy the downs. Um. Well, if they find an old Jim Morrison somewhere in France just hiding out, that would be the shit. Then we get they, a reunion They, they said Marianne Faithful has never talked about what happened. In the club that night to this day. Jesus. Uh, and this is another guy that says he, another person, wants to be involved. Um, this is insane. And what they're saying is they think that maybe he died at the club and then they moved him back to that bathtub. Oh, just to make it seem. Make it seem like it happened somewhere else, whatever. It all gets weird. Uh, let's go over to the Interabang right now. A uh, new piece that we put up called TV Theme Songs That Deserved a Better Fate Than the Show They Were Stuck With. Now, <laughs> this can happen. And when a show gets canceled, normally like, okay, the show stinks, but there might be a good person in it. Or the show stinks, but this one thing worked about it. But when you see a show and the show's no good but the theme song is great that's always a particular heartbreak so let's go to the first one here and if you'd like to get on on this uh, we'll read your stuff over at the com, or if you're old school give us a call at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ but right off the bat this is a fabulous song not such a great show Oh, no. 
You know, most people don't even remember this, but remember the parody off of Seinfeld. Hicks, can you sing that for us? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message <laughs> at the beep. Now, that parody song was better than the theme song of fucking Seinfeld. It always bugged me that Seinfeld never had a, like, a nice song that you could sing. We've kind of gotten away from that. It does annoy me. All right, let's go into number two here. This uh, one, this show canceled quick, but the song had a life and went on to be number one. Check it out. Now, this show was supposed to bring Saturday Night Fever to regular TV, and it would all be about going to the disco. Did not do well. Uh, the lead went on to gain great fame as the I'm a Pepper guy. And, of course, they put John Travolta's sister. Since they couldn't get a John Travolta, let's put his sister in. That's making it. I also think that that song was used in Meatballs, but I'm not 100% sure. I like when songs go on and have uh, a life of their own. Uh, we're talking about theme songs that were better than the show that they were involved in. It's up at theinterabang.com right now. Uh, let's move on to number three. This is a show that people hated, but the theme song got done by one of our all-time favorites. Uh, let's give it a play. Living Honor the Gun with Randy Newman. Cop Rock uh, despised because they would break into song what? during the show. Uh, decades later, Glee made it work. But at the time, people were like, I can't watch a musical TV show. Was there bullying on Cop Rock? No, it was oh. pre-bullying. But cops would be dancing and singing, and it did not last long. Uh, talking about theme songs better than the shows that they were saddled with. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Again, this one went to number one. I thought that the show was a huge hit, but I guess the theme song outlived it. Welcome back. The opening was actually better than most of the jokes in the show. They would just show Brooklyn in the 70s looking like the scariest place in the world. Badass. Yeah. 
Oddly enough, shows uh, that take place in Brooklyn will still use basically the same footage of the graffitied subway cars. This thing got sampled for multiple hip-hop songs. This sure, why wouldn't it? <laughs> it had one of those shows that they catchphrase so much that it was almost the same show every single week. It was a Mad Libs version of somebody's going to do something creative the ne first episode, and then people will just keep doing the same exact thing over and over until the audience turns on you after a couple of years. Um, let's go over here to Brian. Brian, you're in Winnipeg. Brian in Winnipeg. Hey, Ronnie. Uh show I loved, but the theme song I loved even more was uh, John from Cincinnati with Johnny Appleseed by uh, Joe Strummer. I thought that every time I heard those opening See, notes... See, here's my problem right. with that. I think it's cheating if you take an already done song and add it in. I think that the song has to be written An for original. the show. Yeah. Uh, which is why I wouldn't use any of the Who show songs for any of the CSIs. Okay. Married with Children had some Sinatra at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, of course that's a better song. <laughs> it already was a major hit before it uh, came along. Uh, let's go over here to... Uh, let's go to Sean. Sean, you're on a fez. Hey, boys. What about uh, Night Rider? Fucking terrible show. I love that song, though. Terrible show, terrible song. Night Rider. Oh, I love this song. You also love the show, you fucking liar. I you used to like Kit. Exactly. One of, one of my best young so, memories. So it actually gets in the way of this. You like the reboot, too. The premise. All right, let's get back to ours. Uh, this is all up on the Interbank. You can add yours in if you'd like to. Um, now, this one, open all night. Here's the odd thing. This got put in to somebody at the Interbank. Okay. I remember the show very well. It did not last long. Early 80s. All right. But I do not remember the theme. Now, according uh, to what we have here, this is one of those themes that tell the entire story yes. leading up to it, which could be a whole separate bit that we do. Uh, the Sherwin Sh uh, Swartz, let me catch you up to date on everything angle. Now you know. Um, so I remember the show, don't remember the theme. Let's throw it in. Open all night, open all night, open all night, open all night, open all night. 
This song actually lasted longer than the show. Kind of want to watch the show now. That must have been a oh. terrible show if that song is like way better than the show. Well, I'm saying it was on longer. No, I thought the show was great, but it was one of those shows that was before its time in the terms of you you don't have a moral center for the show. Awesome. You know, Buffalo Bill came out the same time. That was canceled quick, and that show would have been a hit today. The next song, uh, Big Show, of course, this was a big hit. I initially nixed this, but then I said, wait, UCB Fred loves to sing it. So we'll bring him in to let him do the theme song. He loves this. Yeah. He is mad for it. Uh, let's light this up. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and tell you how to became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, relaxing, relaxing, all cool and all, shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys, they were up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. Got in one little fight, my mom got scared, said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. I whistled, then oh. later with her, day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. Whoa. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me You don't know it anymore? Well, oh, there you go. He burned out because it's the whole thing. It's extended version. Well, here's what happened. You probably only saw it in... In reruns? Yeah, in syndication. Yeah, so you did not get the full run of this. Wow, that really threw me off. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you got a fail. Oh. Did you get a call yet from UCB? Are you in third tier? No, I haven't. No, it ain't really going to happen then. But I know a friend of mine hiring at a uh, Korean market where maybe you could work. That actually sounds really good right now because... Because yeah. your dreams are, are dead. My dreams are dead. dead. Um, Russell Simmons said, super rich except for you, buddy. <laughs> except for you. Your negative thinking keeps this from happening. But I was positive thinking up until the point where all my dreams got crushed. So yeah, I don't that, know what, what I'm supposed to do. But underneath of all, you must have been really stupid. Uh, the next one came up as... Just one of those, this actually puts you in a time period. It's the Chips theme. Oh, no, let's let's do Chips theme, and then we'll go back to the other one. Um. This is very porno. Oh, hell yeah. They should be fucking each other. Seriously. <laughs> this should be white on Mexican cock right here, this song. Now, see, I don't know if I would have put that, this in because it was such a major, major TV show for the six months that it was big. Uh, let's go back to the one before it. This was a kid's show in the 70s. Um, by the way, you can tell what age people are by when they put in their kid's show themes. Hey, Charlie, Pop and Stan, push your bed when things get rough. 
Another song that told the entire story during the song. Once upon a summertime, just a dream from yesterday, a boy in his magic golden flute heard a boat from on the bay. stuff for this you can tell how they came up with uh where the wild things are because it was kind of done in the same fashion as that i guess yeah it's just a little kid transported to magical land i'm gathering from this fucking whacked out tv show yeah it Never was very strange boat it was supposed to be based on the, a lot of the kids in the 70s had already done acid so oh. it was either for really small children or people who tripped. But you can see how trippy it all is. This is fucking whacked out. The show actually featured talking magic mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Alright, let's move along now. Uh, this, again, I thought the TV show was too big, but it came up a few times. It's the SWAT team. Very funky. This is exploitation. Yeah. This is Quinn Martin with a black dick. Swat. All right, we move on to the next one here. Uh, and again, I think this was too big of a TV show, but just a fabulous theme. Uh, really nothing could be worse for somebody in radio than end up on the air in Cincinnati. That would have to be the toughest thing of all. Uh, and yet it does happen. I hate to say it, but there's somebody out there now getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning because they're playing soft rock hits in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Talk about the Reds. Uh, last one that we have lined up here... Uh, was When the Whistle Blows. Not a very good show. Uh, Andy Millman, let's face it, he fucking basically sold out when he did this. But remember how everybody was doing the catchphrase? Are you having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Uh, we all went th through that for a while. 
And then that weird jump the shark time when Coldplay was in the factory singing with them. And you're like, this doesn't make sense. Why would Coldplay be in this dingy fucking factory? It's Coldplay. Uh... Any moment, of course, uh, this was before anyone on uh, Celebrity Big Brother had that meltdown and walked out, didn't even do the press conference ever. And I think he and his friend went off to Spain. All awful, except for a perfect theme song. Let's give it a listen. Perfect theme song, but what a hacky TV show that turned into. Very concise. Is he having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? Catchphrase is good. Did you have the Andy uh, Millman doll growing up The um, when they did the Ray Stokes doll? And you'd pull on the string and said, you having a laugh? No, I didn't have that. Everybody had that for a while. It was just fucking crazy. Um, we will uh, go over some of yours now. Um, Brad, Brad, you're on the Run of Fez show. I can't believe I'm admitting that I like this show. Mr. Belvedere by the incomparable Leon Redbone. All right, the um, Leon Redbone dropped in. You never know who you're going to hear doing a fucking theme song. This is Mr. Belvedere, a very big show from, I guess, the 80s. Yeah, the maybe, 80s. Streaks on the china never mattered before. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket as you came through the door, no one glared. But sometimes things get turned around and no one spared. All hands look out below. There's a change in the status quo. Gonna need all the help that we can get. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. We just might live a good life yet. Uh, TV show. Here's John in D.C. John. How do you talk to an angel? It's like trying to catch a falling star. The song, How Do You Talk to an Angel, hit number one on the Billboard Top 100 on November 14th, 1992, is the theme song for the show, The Heights, which I believe was a spinoff of the wonderful Melrose Place. I think it was wrapped around some fucking group called The Heights. The song sung by a very, very handsome Jamie Walters. Loved the song. The show was canceled, ironically enough, exactly one week after the song fell out of its number one position on the Billboard Top 100. How do you talk to an angel? By The Heights. John, I'd like to start doing a, sh a show with you in the future, if you could. I would love, I think I could partner up. Let's take a listen. I hear a voice in my mind. I know her face by heart. 
Now, I don't remember the TV show or the theme, but you have to remember Nirvana and Pearl Jam had just come out at the time, so I may have been busy. Uh, here is Biggs. Biggs, you're on the Run of Fez show. I might just be partial to this one because I'm from Chicago, but Fox's cop drama, Chicago, theme song done by Billy Corgan. It's kind of like vintage Corgan from the 90s. Yeah, this is, uh, he's also a Chicago guy. Uh, this song, this show did not last long, but the theme song may live on in your heart. Uh, what more could you want there? Uh, head on over if you want to the Interabank. Check out some of these. Also, write in your own. And again, uh, your chance to win. We've got uh, Rosie uh, Roseanne Barr, signed season of her TV show, Roseanne. If you could beat Hangman, they just added a letter over there. Your chance to win. Let's go over to Vinny in Staten Island. Vinny, what do you got, pal? Maybe because I played the sax. Kid, but I love the theme from the White Shadow. All good sax, Jed. Uh, the theme from the White Shadow. Now, you played sax as a kid, so were you playing along? Uh, I wasn't that good. Great show. Great song. Uh, I also thought it was a fine little show, show that a white guy could coach a basketball team with black kids and one Italian named Salami. <laughs> I don't know why no one saw that as racist. Great, great race relations, though. Let's give a listen. Daniel, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, you guys remember that show, Perfect Strangers? I didn't really like sure. the show, but I thought the, stream was, uh, the theme was pretty sweet. Perfect Strangers, perfect theme song. Oh, shit. <laughs> you forgot it? Yeah. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing to rearrange. It's just to touch your heart as well as make you laugh. It touched me because I felt like I was in a Broadway play. Very Broadway singing. No matter what's all this time, nothing's gonna stand in my way. This flame in my heart, like a long lost friend, gives every dark street a light at the end. Standing tall on the wings of my dreams. We're all standing tall with this. I always like the guy who wasn't Balky. Now, I also like a theme song where it looks like they're having some fun in the city, and yet you never see them outside their apartment again. 
You know what I mean? You see a lot of city shots in this, but then they're never like, hey, let's go to Wrigley today. That's you know? That's for B-roll. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. The not Balky guy I thought was pretty damn good. No he got overshadowed by Balky, though. Um, here's uh, our friend Holly in St. Pete. She actually wants to sing it to us. Ron, I loved this song when I was a kid, and the show sucked. It was only on for about a year, but Maureen McGovern, Different Worlds. Let the time flow, let the love grow, let the rain showers, let the rose flowers. Love it seeks and love it finds, love is conquers, love it finds. I'm now sterile after hearing that song sang like that. It's a little dry. Isn't it a beautiful song? Uh, it's uh, pretty fantastic. It really is. <laughs> That's, I just used to love that song, but I, that was a number one hit. It was a number one hit? Yeah, in 1979. Um, now, when you said Different World, for some reason I thought you were going to do the Cosby spinoff. What's yes. that? No, no, yeah. no, no. This is an old 70s. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you now. Now I got you. All right, yeah, thanks, sweetie. Bye. Bye. Did you find it, Hicks, or you didn't? Uh, yeah, that's of the of different world. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got the Cosby version. Now this song, just let you know, pretty soon you're going to be looking at Sisma, uh, Sinbad, and Jasmine Guy in the same fucking show. What more do you want? Fuck. I wonder how many young men, well, now they would be closer to middle-aged men, will come up to Jasmine Guy and say, you were the first African-American I've ever masturbated to. So, thanks for opening that up. You got that going for you, lady. Yeah. Feel that's yours. All right, since we're going to our friends, they got to go to Blowhard. Blowhard, what do you got? Something from the 60s, 50s, what? Mr. Eddie's father, the great Harry Nilsson, the courtship of Eddie's father. Now, this one must have went on to been a, uh, a radio hit, too, right? I don't believe it really was charted. Uh, unlike the theme from SWAT and some other less you know, talented and quality songs, this was just a song that stayed in your head. And it, it is kind of dated, but Harry Nilsson, he just nails it. It's just, And then during the show, they would use clips of Harry Nilsson, like little outtakes, like... Between scenes, you would hear Harry Nilsson going, la, you know, la. They would use that voice of his. His la. They used it through the soundtrack of the show. It was really a great show. Uh, the opening sequence, here's Eddie with his single dad, Bill Bixby, and riding on that giant Ferris wheel. And, and then he had Uncle Norman, that crazy guy, who uh, the uncle who came over was always banging chicks with his leisure suit and his, and his hairy chest and his chains and his big afro and... I mean, uh, that, we're going to give it. A, we're going to give a listen now, Blowhard. This is Harry Nelson, courtship of Eddie's father. Talking man to man, whether we're talking son to son. 
I always thought he made a huge mistake not just marrying Mrs. Livingston. It was all laid out for him. Uh, here's Tim, Strong Island. What do you got, Timmy? Great 80s tune. Something that uh, showed this aircraft how it could kick Blue Thunder's ass. Airwolf. Now, Airwolf, I think, didn't come out till after Blue Thunder, the movie. And another than that, it was all Blue Thunder, the movie, in that show of Airwolf. They just changed the name to Airwolf I'm instead a, of calling it Blue Thunder. I liked Airwolf. Was uh, Jan Michael Vincent in this? Yeah, yeah. this was his uh, baby. All right, let's take a listen to the theme song. Just a I don't think it soars enough for me. I think there's a lot more 80s stuff that would boot it in. I think the TV show is better than this, actually. That helicopter is badass. Yeah, I think it could become a problem when the TV show was good. Here's Gia, you're on Running Fez. Chico, don't be discouraged. The man he tries too hard to understand. Remember? Sure, of course. Him? The absolute, I think, the best ever. And it was kind of sad because when he passed away, then they came up with another kid named Chico for the show. It was well, that odd. kid was also Chico. He was just five, though, or something. Yes, and what a strange coincidence. In the barrio, there would be a second Chico. You know, it's just such an odd, weird coincidence. And, by the way, I liked the other guy, too. Remember in my favorite year, he was Balky's other half? He was really good in my favorite year, and then he kind of just went into sort of obscurity. But that was a pretty good flick, you know? All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, I'll take a little listen to Chico and the Man. Did not last long, because Freddie Prince couldn't hear the laughter anymore and shot himself in the head. Comedy was so hard back then. Making people laugh made you suicidal. Now, do you recognize this person? That's the great Jose Feliciano. And let me tell you something. You can't do any better. I think we learned that in Fargo. When you got Jose Feliciano, you can't beat that. <laughs> now, in this show, they worked in a garage, which was nice because it was a set, and you really didn't... Cars just kind of silently came into the garage. It seemed like they were pushed in by <laughs> fucking hands that just worked there. Like, all right, we're going to push this in. Um, a lot of people are writing in and bringing up the end theme. The end theme to WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, now, this does not fit in to what we're talking about. But, God damn it, if I can't bend the rules for this many people, then why am I in this business?
Rick, you're on the Ron, Ron Fez show. Yeah, uh, I can't believe nobody said it yet, but the Rockford Files. All right, now what is the name of what we're doing? TV theme songs that deserve a better fate than the show. What show was ever better than the Rockford Files? It's uh, a great, too many, man. It's a great theme song, but it's also a great show. This theme song had everything for you. And then a detective who lived in a trailer Badass. didn't know how to fight that good or wasn't that smart or didn't carry a gun <laughs> and everybody loved them. Pepper spray. Here's Phil in Long Beach. You're on Fez. Fairly new show, uh, How to Make it in America. Great theme song. Sing it all the time. Uh, this is the one that's on HBO now? Yeah, it's a great show. It's all about uh, like young guys trying to make it in New York City and Manhattan. Yeah, I know it's a Lower East Side show, and uh, great people in it, but i got to be honest, I've never watched it. to put Earl's photos to this song. Uh, people writing in uh, loving the stuff on the Interabang about Patrice O'Neill. If you'd like to leave a comment there, go ahead and do it. It's over at the Interabang. Uh, kind of a salute to Patrice O'Neill. Also, your chance to uh, pick up tickets to the Unmasked. That's a week from tonight. Uh, Rich Voss, Bonnie McFarlane will be the first married couple ever doing an unmasked. We didn't get the shot at Lucy and Debbie, Desi, but we do have uh, Voss and Bonnie, so we're all looking forward to that. Um, let's go over here to John in Cincinnati. Hey, Ronnie, I take no offense about terrestrial radio, uh, what you said in Cincinnati. That's why I got XM radio. Anyway, how about the theme song from Beretta? And I think what it is is uh, it might have had a, 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 a theme at the front and a theme at the back, a different theme at the back, and it was Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, it was a big, big hit song, but that was also a big, big hit show, so it doesn't fall in. I see Mafia Life Chris pop up. And then every time I try to go to him, I can't seem to get through. Uh, I want to send out some love right now to a friend of ours who's recovering in the hospital right now from having 90% of his stomach removed. Hard Rock Johnny. Hard Rock Johnny, live without your stomach and we will watch you get thinner than all of us. Damn. And then Johnny will be like, why can't that guy fucking eat less? What is his problem? Well, yeah, it's 10% of his stomach. When he loses about 200 pounds, I think we should beat him up. That will be finally the chance we've all been waiting for. Um, Tony, you're on Renefez. 
Gonna miss you. Here's John. John, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddy. How you doing today? Good. Hey, it's funny you brought up Desi Arnaz. His son was uh, in a TV show called Auto Man with Chuck Wagner back in the 80s. It was a, it was a, a Tron ripoff. Good song, bad show. Don't remember this show at all. Love the idea of a Tron ripoff. And you're not going to get much better than Desi Arnaz Jr. The man has it. Whatever it seems to be, he's got it in spades. Let's take a listen to Auto Man. Definitely the, the same as that Tron suit he's wearing. I think it makes perfect sense, though. You don't see the difference between Auto Man and Tron. No. There were a lot of Heathers on TV during the 80s. Um, by the way, it's Johnny Rocks. Send him your well wishes, first responder. That's Johnny R-O-X-X. Johnny actually tweeted this, that the doctor said it was the biggest stomach that he's ever had the chance to see. Holy shit. Jesus, Johnny. They are using Johnny's old stomach right now as the new uh, Aquarama. It's an aquarium that they have down in Philadelphia. They've just filled it up, and they put sharks in it. It's dirty. So send him love. He's the greatest guy in the whole world. Um, but did have all that stomach removed. Scary. He was out for 12 hours. 12 hours. Like our anesthesia? Holy shit. Anesthesia and Percocet together. Fuck yeah. Um, Kevin, Kevin, you're on running fest. What up? Hey. All right. Frag Rock. You guys going to clap for me? No, I'm not going to clap for you because, A, I think the, the show was kind of successful. But I will d agree that it was a phenomenal theme song. Want to get that one on, boys? Sprocket, old boy, what are you barking at? What do you see? up on the interbank i'm surprised how many people throw it in when there's really big big shows like golden girls what uh was a bigger show gigantic run and um, used an already established song uh twin peaks 
um, the banana splits got used to me. Not only would I say it's a great song, it was a great fucking band. And I saw them open one time for Asia, and I thought they blew Asia away. Uh, JR, you're on Manifest. Hey, fellas, how are you this morning? Good. Hey, uh, on the OC, they had uh, California by Phantom Planet. Uh, I remember this was the, um, the drummer for this. Was what's his name? Rushmore. Uh, yeah, Rushmore. Fuck. Joey Rushmore. <laughs> now, was this a hit song before the song or not? Not really, no. But was it out? Was it established? I believe it was out. Also, I'd argue that the OC was a huge show. You don't even have to argue. It was a huge show. But I do want to play this song for a second. He's just playing the drum. The kids had a fun fucking career. Not to mention his uncle Nick Cage. That's fucking nuts. My uncle will fuck you up. Yo, he is. My uncle's Nick Cage, and he's fucking crazy. Yo, no, it's true. You see what movies he makes? Uh, the guys went out last night with Dennis. Uh, and he took care of you guys. Oh, yeah, he took care of us. Yeah, very well. I what did him, you I eat? Him up. What'd you eat? I had the gnocchi. What do you call it? Gnocchi. What'd you do? Put it in your Tupperware? You fucking mispronounce some trick. Well, that's, how you, that's how you say it, right? What, what, how you say what, it? what did you eat? I had uh, there was a cheese tortellini special with like some delicious sauce on it. Boy, you you're you're a cheap fucking date, both of you. Oh, um, the alcohol wasn't cheap. <laughs> oh, that's good move. <laughs> yep. Went to a nice Don't want to take up space with food. I can, I can be filled with fucking alcohol. We went to uh, La Mazzeria in Midtown. It was awesome. Nice. I tried to send them the burger joint. He acted like I was being fucking aggressively cruel to him. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, uh, I would never. I would never. I went to Notre Dame. You know, I talked like that. I went to Notre Dame. Do you know what that school's like? <laughs> Touchdown, really Jesus. That's a really good impression. Fez, did you go along? No, I did not. Why didn't you guys invite Fez? I don't know, Dennis. This was on my dime. I don't know. I, I felt awkward. Well, first of all, he invited me when I couldn't make it because of my schedule. Very busy. Then he goes, well, what about you guys? I'm sure he would have loved to have Fez. Did you guys just leave Fez upstairs? Fez left. Went home. Were you going home so early? I no. I talked to you guys. You guys never mentioned it. I would have stuck around. Where are we? Where? What is your hurry out of here? It had to be like fucking four o'clock. No, I think it was later than that. No, no, I left around four, and that's when they went off to eat. Oh yeah, uh, I I thought I left about four thirty, and nobody mentioned anything what to is, me. What is his hurry to be out of here by? To get in the elevator alone, so we can shut it on you. I Holy fucking shit. forgot about that. God damn it! I had to wait another fifteen seconds. No, get real. Wait, want a little money? Or day to cabot. Day to cabot. You could have went out with the boys, relaxed. Yeah, they kept it very secret. I had a little yoki. Well, how do you, how you pronounce this word? I don't. I don't know. I always thought it was yoki. 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 Right. Yoki. Put it in your Tupperware. 
Sometimes I go to New York. Why wouldn't you guys, seriously, why wouldn't you have Fez come along? I, it wasn't, I wasn't on my I, yeah, I, I felt like it. When I left, I said, let Syracuse pay for everyone. Thing. <laughs> then we all had a big laugh. Yeah, and then. You should have. I, I can't afford that. You can't afford Neokis. I gave all my money to that kid touching university. You're working poor. You still are. But it was very good, and I all appreciate right, it. Let's do this. Let's set up big dinner. We go back. We do all Italian all night. We cash in on one of Fez's fucking dinners. Italian style? Now, let me ask you this. Do you want Fez there for that, or does he show up for the last second and pay? I'm fine with either. Jesus. Maybe we'll not let you know about this one. Fez, this is going to be, for the whole team, like a fun thing. Uh, And I want to put whatever happens between you and these guys in the past, where they're not going to fucking ask him to come along. No. No, it wasn't like that at all. Did you bring him back something? A little gnocchi? I finished all my gnocchi. How many drinks did you have? Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Even in all my years at Notre Dame, I've never seen anyone drink like this. <laughs> Not at Irish school, you know. Nucky yeah, went there. <laughs> um, let's go over here to Stuart. You're in my face. Hello? Yes. Hey, I got to go for you, man. McLean Stevens and hello, Larry. McLean Stevens, this... Man's career, uh, he was on MASH, which ran for 150 years. He walked away to do six episodes of Hello, Larry, and let Colonel Potter get his paycheck every week. Well, hello, Larry. Let me just say this. Uh, A lot of people will make either movies about radio talk shows. They'll do movies and TV shows. Now, the interesting thing to me always is this. The people are never as good. The actors are never as good as a radio talk show host. And yet, 100% of the time, the fucking callers are better. The callers are constantly going to kill themselves. They're ODing. They give the fucking host something to work with. All right? It's not. You'll never watch one of these fucking movies. A blowhard will have a nostalgic moment. Blowhard would be hanging himself if we were doing a movie. Um, the movie that Oliver Stone did, Talk Radio. Hell yeah. That guy had one show. With better callers than I've had in my entire fucking career. All in one shift. They were killing themselves. They were murdering him. They were fucking going crazy. And you could smoke. Yeah, you could smoke and you could walk around with a fucking headset on. Look at your fantastic view. And the callers would shake him so much that he would just lock up. Trying to think about his own life. Why don't you love yourself? I don't know. I... And then the producers be like, in his headset, you're fucking killing yourself, man. I'm stopping these calls. And he's like, no, let the fucking calls come in. Let's do this now. 
And I could hear, and you people are like, I've got a theme song from the 1980s that I think people would like. I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I just get a shift like that? Why are you trying One to One fucking shift where the callers are good. Then I could walk away from the game. We need Oliver Stone here is what we need. Fuck yeah, we need Oliver Stone to be fucking running the goddamn call room <laughs> in there. phone screener. Fred, be more like Oliver Stone. And by the way, that fucking phone screener slash producer was amazing. He was awesome. And he gave such a fuck about his host. I'm stopping this show right now, and I'm going to tape. You can't go on like this, man. <laughs> the guy's awesome. And then they were going like this. Wait, this show's going right now. We're going to roll out national tomorrow. You'll be on 182 stations. Yeah, well, I got to do it my way, see? My show's got to be done my way. And then I come in here and... Uh, we've got a live read today. No one told me about it, but I'm going to read it verbatim. We do have a live read today. Hello, Larry. That producer always took his host to dinner. Oh, shit. You fucking hate Fez. That's at the cause the of this. Now, Fez is going to give the smallest little retort that has either to do with Syracuse or fucking balding. But we'll never get to the bottom of why these two guys don't like each other. You two are supposed to be a team, just in the way me and Hicks are a team. Wait, so we have two separate teams? Yes. Me and Hicks hate you guys. What? No. Oh. And every day after the show, we always go, we had a better show than them, didn't we, buddy? When we were smoking together, because we smoke. Oh, geez. Fez, do you want to start smoking together? Smoking dick together. No. Yeah. Smoking, uh, what are the kids called? Siggy butts. Well, uh, maybe I'll have a smoke after our next secret dinner that you find out about a day later. Wait, this doesn't sound like teamwork. Oh, shit, he hates him. This, this, this is your friends. That's not the team. Now that I know we're a team, things have to change between us. So I think we team up and we have a secret dinner just you and me. I don't know if you're on any team. I know the last dinner you ended up down at the end of the table. Away from the rest of us. Oh, yeah, with Nico. I, I can never tell if it's work with shoot. Do you like him or not? I don't care for him, no. Is this real? Yeah, that's Swear real. Swear on your dad real. Swear on my father. And oh. you, you didn't like him from the beginning? I've never liked him. This is and it's just comments like those that fuel it. Mm -hmm. What would it take to be buddies with Fez? Well, um, I'd probably have to invite him to the dinners. That would be one, because you have to spend time with somebody. But apparently my comments... Fuel his hate, much like the nutrients in last night's dinner fueled me today. But, Fez, I don't understand why you feel that way still. I thought we were over this. I thought we were past it. And then I find out you go behind my back and don't invite me to a dinner. But it wasn't so you my... really, you really are upset about that. Yeah, that it's totally done. Uh, I mean, because I came down to the studio with Zito yesterday after the show. There was plenty of time to tell me about this. You would have loved to went. I would have gone, yes. All right, the next time Dennis is in town, I'm gonna I'm, I'm only have him take me and you and Hicks out. Wait, wait, wait. Hicks All Hicks right. could have also told him about this dinner. I didn't even think of that, but guess what? Hicks is under my protection, where you're under Fez's protection. You were actually walking through the building with me. We were discussing things. We came down to the studio together. Why did you, you guys say that he had left? You guys just told me. He's like, I'm going to leave. And we're like, okay, we haven't gone yet. We still have work to do. 
And and it yeah, wasn't working on a meal. Wasn't our dinner to invite somebody to? If somebody invites, did you Dennis a- see him? No. If Dennis would have seen him, he would have said, "Fez, we're going out to dinner. Would you like to come?" He loves Fez. I mean, yes, that does make a lot of sense in hindsight. I'm sure that's exactly what would have happened. But you know, I, you didn't I, want Fez there. Just say it. It's like when I came down to the studio. For some reason, he followed me. I guess it was apparently to keep me from running into Dennis. Because <laughs> I will say lot? this: he asked me out to dinner, and he goes, says, uh, "I go." Uh, you know, I'm all lined up because it's something we're doing this week. I've had, I see some films. And he goes, well, do your guys eat? And I'm like, I'm, they eat too much. And drink. Mm. Well, I didn't put in the drink. I didn't think that you would be trying to get free booze out of him. Hey, he said, order up. I said, are you sure? Yeah, we had, we had the money that could have gone towards an extra plate. Let me ask you this. this. Did you notice if he had a cocktail? No, he did not. And yet you kept drinking drinking like it was party time. Hey, he said, <laughs> order up. I said, hey, you put yourself in Here's what's great about you. What's that? You could take something that could be a friendship and just turn it into one short fucking money grab. That's what you do with people. No. It's a short money grab instead of you forming a relationship. Plenty of relationships are formed. By somebody going, I'm going to drink as much on your tab as I possibly can? The first night out? Friends forever. And then he had said a bunch of nice stuff about Hicks. So when Hicks comes in, I go, hey. And I bring it up, and it goes, no. I'm not good at taking compliments. Just fucking take them. Okay. Why do you want to stop people? You don't have to say, yeah, I am, like I do. I have something I have to work on. If someone, like, I'll I'll show you how I handle compliments. Just to be one of those people that say, Ron, you're a genius. Ron, you're a genius. Fuck Ryan. you, I'm a super genius. Oh, so, okay. why do you got to fucking attack me? I thought, well, why, I thought would, why do I want to drop down two low levels to fucking hang around with you? I thought I was complimenting you, though. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to fucking get you and your whole family. What fam- why is my family getting dragged into this? Because they fucking, they protect you. And if I have an enemy, it's a whole family. Jesus. Now, Fez, so I want to nice. talk to you for a second. You really haven't been on the air much since you came back. Yeah. And when you have been on the air, you've been very tight. And even now, Hicks, look at his mouth. It is very, very tight. Inside, are you furious with Zito? I I'm, really need you to be honest, because I never know. Yes, I am. Yes. And it's not bad. Yeah. The thing is, now, even hearing that I would have liked to have gone to the dinner, that I definitely would have gone if it was mentioned, there's not even a... Oh, I feel bad that I didn't invite you. No, they think it's funny. Yeah, they find but, it. But the other part hysterical. of it. But while you're doing that, why, why wouldn't you have been down here when we were meeting? What do you do up in that little office? What happens? Why do you try to get yourself away from humanity? What happens in the office, Fez? <laughs> Makes it seem like something like you're fucking retarded now. I think he's and that he's gotten a reputation of you going around that you're retarded. Well, we'll see how retarded it feels when he's sitting home at the next dinner. I, I know that you're doing that, but that's not being open. That's you lashing out. I'm going to feel pretty retarded, though, if that happens. <laughs> see, that's ball busting. That's ball busting. Now, the funny thing is... The giant you, ears and hat don't help your okay. non-retard look. Again, that's deflecting and it's keeping us from really connecting. But the thing is... 
Zito is smiling and he's having fun. Hicks, I want you to look at Fez. He's tight mouth. The mouth yeah. is an opening. And what color would you say the skin is right now? It's, it's boiling up to just fucking beat red. He's getting real, very, very angry. Fez, you think you've been behaving in a way that the guys would want to hang out with you? No, I guess I'm too weird. Now, what, is, what have you been doing that's so weird? Just nervousness. The, the anxiety that's been running rampant. That's happened since you came back? Uh-huh. Is there anything you're anxious about? No, just uh, it's the general nerves. But see, this is the only way to pull you out of to get you to talk is when we go tell us what's going on and it becomes the therapy session again. You haven't really said a word to any of us since you got back from Florida. Yeah, because I was trying not to be extra weird. Do you think you would have been extra weird at that dinner? No, I think the dinner would have been a nice, relaxing thing. Or would, would they have, have been fun? Or would somebody have said like, "Oh, you really couldn't believe what Fez did at that dinner"? Because I admit, when I left, I'm like, I hope he doesn't take advantage of Dennis. I wouldn't have ordered nine drinks. Now you're now you're taking on Hicks too. I'm uncouth. And sometimes I don't know how to act in social situations. Let me ask you this. Yes. Did Jerry get to talk in front of Dennis? Because I know it's, like, I have this one relationship with Jerry. Then when Dennis is around, Jerry, he gets very quiet around him. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I noticed that as well. Um, here is, uh, let's go over here to uh, Paul. Paul, you're manifest. Hey, Ronnie. Um, I just wasn't sure if says uh, he's been going home early or running home because he's still got that Sundowners. Or is it the Sundowners that's driving you out? The Sundowners was weird yesterday just because of the rain and it got so gloomy. Yeah, it was a gloomy day. It got so gloomy so early. Why don't you, this might be a help for you, you'll be the only person in New York with a flashlight. You're just walking down the street like you're in the woods with a great big flashlight. Or torch. And you won't look retarded, yeah, so you should grab it. Oh, Jesus. If I'm not walking with you, I won't. It's true. You it won't look like a class trip. But see, this so thing... You look retarded, too? Like, I don't Like, I'm taking you on a field trip, idiot. Oh. All right, you're trying to get the guys to invite you places, right? Be part of the gang. Well, they don't want me to be, so... Maybe I'll just go treat myself to a nice dinner tonight and not invite them. Okay, that'll teach them. <laughs> Hungry, though. I bet somewhere Fez is eating. Damn it. <laughs> I'll text you what I'm having. I don't think that, I don't think that you're building bridges right now, does anyone, does anyone believe he actually really wanted to go to the dinner? I feel like you're just turning this around on us like, you know, fuck you guys. And, and not even fuck you guys. Well, here's fuck the weird Zito. thing. I will say this. If he would have wanted to do anything, he would have been sitting there talking with Dennis and Jerry when they came in. Everybody knew they were showing up. You know, now I didn't know that they would be inviting out to dinner. Or I would have kept my schedule fucking open. By the way, as I left, you're just packing me up with shit. I know. Just packing me up with crazy shit. Well, it's good, though. You've got a whore tomorrow. What? Who? <laughs> you know, Star Trek. Come Watch on. this. Come on. Roddenberry. Boy, she liked that doc a lot more than me. Of course, I don't, you know, 
I see Star Trek as a TV show. I don't. It didn't change my life. I love Next Generation, and I'll stand by that TV show for about eleven seasons or something. I want to. Uh, this may shock you. I've never seen one Next Generation. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people love it because all the people who love the original Star Trek. That's bullshit. Who's Captain McCarty? He's a dick. But hey, give it a chance. I say. Um, John, you're in Manifest. Hey guys, uh, about half of you sound like a million bucks. I was just uh, wondering if Ronnie got Fez, uh, excuse me, Fez got Ron's umbrella when he went back to Tampa. Hmm. No, I haven't seen it again. Fez's mom stole that umbrella. Uh, Steven, you're in Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, hey, Fez, what makes you think you're entitled to go out to dinner with them? Don't you still owe them a bunch of dinners? I don't owe Dennis a dinner. You owe everybody else. You owe the whole staff several dinners for several years. This nine. is something completely separate. This is nine. It's a completely different deal. You seem angry. I am angry. You know what makes you happy? Do your live read. Well, it is... But do it angry. Do it gritting through your teeth. Like, you just... No, I'm not even going to say that, but while you're thinking... While you're doing your live read, think of those guys enjoying Italian food. Yeah, this is the Connect for Xbox 360. Mmm. Where now what happens is your body becomes the controller. There's no controllers to hold. There's no remotes. With the Connects for Xbox 360, your body makes all the motions and controls the action on the screen. You see an obstacle, you can jump over it. You see a ball, you can physically kick it with the Connect for Xbox 360. Also, the Connect lets you control your movies and music, which is the wave of a hand or the sound of your voice. It has full body gaming. And you can use your voice-controlled <laughs> entertainment to control all your things on Xbox 360. That's getting your movies from either HBO Go, Netflix, Hulu, any of your video. It's all there with the Xbox 360 and now Connect available for the holiday season. If I see a dinner with my Connect, can I eat it? You might want to shut up during the live read. Ooh! Go to xbox.com for more details about the Connect. That's xbox.com. The Connect for the Xbox 360 now available. Get your whole body, your friends' bodies, your family's body, everybody in the game with Connect for Xbox 360. Would they try to ruin your library? Yep. I used to be able to do that. Now I'm not allowed to talk to him. Unbelievable. So you're for real mad, Fizz? Yes. Yeah. I bet that would have turned your life around if you would have went out to that dinner. Don't it would have been nice. It would have been relaxing. Don't put that on me. I don't want to feel like I ruined that. Well, of course you did. You had every opportunity to say we were going to dinner. Fez, let's say you were breaking it down by 100 points of mad. How many points would be directed at me and how many at Hicks? Because it feels like it's like 95-5. And that doesn't That's how it should be, because you're fucking busting his balls over. Hicks is the 1%. Fuck for once in my life. This is great. His point was... Those occupiers are dicks. Hicks didn't ask him, but Hicks isn't delighted that he didn't go. Fair. Fez, I wish you could have been there. Um, 
Craig, you're on running Fez. Hey, buddy. There, there's no way Fez would have went on this lunch. I think he's still mad at all the shit Opie said yesterday, and now he's taking it out on Zito. You can't talk during live reads, Zito. It may be the last time you hear him today. Um, what did Opie say yesterday? I believe he said that he made an illusion that Fez hasn't talked since 2007. That's he does live reads. I was just talking then. During the live read? Mm-hmm. Or is that reading? It's a little of each. Are you saying you improv on those live reads? Well, some. What part? Uh, the part about, uh, I included the HBO and the ESPN and the Hulu. The fact that he's answering me back, for real, and treating it like it matters. Um, Chris, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, you don't have to text Zito uh, what you're eating tonight. It's Wednesday. Everyone knows it's pork chop night. Here's Josh. You're on Ronnie Fez. Yeah. Hey, Fez, I just want to know, like, when you notice that Ronnie's schedule's full, do you realize he's doing it for stuff for the show and say, hey, Ro hey, Ron, I'll go watch those Next Generations for you, or I'll go see that movie for you, because then I can interject in the interview. Or, let, oh, let me hop on the subway quick. I get back to Roosevelt Island. Come on. Help the guy out. That is true. No one else does prep. You guys are all too busy going out and eating gnocchis. Gnocchi, right? That's what it's called. Not good with the uh, language of Italy. Or American, apparently. <laughs> or English, rather. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, here's uh, Terry Arman of Fez. Yeah, I was just wondering if uh, Fez... So openly despises Zito, even if it was his, uh, Zito's choice to make. Why would he want to have somebody that despises him at the dinner with him? You just heard Zito before saying uh, he had thought we crossed the bridge. But you clearly didn't. You clearly don't think we crossed that bridge. I was fine until I heard about this. I haven't given you any shit all day. I did so, not just today. So this, so this dinner took you from zero to one hundred. You're just like fuck that. Wait, this is the biggest yes, straw the camel's back. As I think about it. Zito, are you telling me that in your life there's numbers in between? <laughs> there's not deepest, deepest black and blinding light. There's other shades. Just went from love to hate just immediately. What do you normally do to put up with them when you guys spend time in that little office together? I usually just talk to Hicks. What up, this? But then I think, all right, everything's cool, and we can move on, and some good things are happening. And then this happens. Like the first married couple unmask happening a week from today? Live read? No, I'm just mentioning. Are you going to that unmasked meeting that Zito has set up today? No, I wasn't invited? invited to that. It was going to be dinner. Uh, Bob, you're on running Fez. That Xbox Connect sounds real interesting. I was wondering if I could maybe uh, get reservations at a nice Italian restaurant with that uh, fancy remote you got over there. You're really, you're really angry. I mean, other people are joking, but you're really angry. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now, as I think more about yesterday, for him to follow me down the stairs, and I even wondered at what why he was doing that. It must have been to direct me away from Dennis. Or, 
Or, or... There was no other reason to come down the... Follow me down the stairs. That's one theory. Or it could have been Dennis was already downstairs on the street, and I locked the studio when we're done, and you had to get your papers... And then I locked the studio. I've locked the studio several times. You could have asked me to lock the studio. I thought I've you were, done it. A, I've done it a million I times. I thought you were going to need me to bring your papers back to the office. So I, I you didn't. I didn't ask you to do that. I would have offered because I don't hate you. You could have offered that in the office instead of following me downstairs. This is all true. But I mean, also the table, the reservation was only for four, and I had to like call in a favor to get it. So, adding another person late could have been, you know, a problem. So, you know, I don't know. Put it back up again so I can say it. That's gigantic kicks. That's awesome. Super fucking cool. Um, here's a uh, bartender, Yarman Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, I had a question for Fezzy. Hey, Fezzy, when you're going to text Zito what you're eating at home, how are you going to do that from your uh, landline home phone? I'm just confused technology-wise. He does turn off the stuff when he gets home. He turns off his, as he puts it, cellular phone, and it's all in. So no one can reach him if they try to text him at night. Page him. I, I just saw a telegram. Just start rocking a pager again. I had one up in 2002. You just open your window really loud and yell across the river. There's something going on because you've been quiet and angry since you got back from Tampa. And I know this thing, you know, finally your lid blew off here. But you haven't really talked to any of us since you got back. And we had a terrific time right before you left. A great send-off. Yeah. And now you're crying. What happened? There's something you haven't told us? Is no, it about the it, dinner? No. You were blocked from Dennis? No, I just had a, a rough holiday with the dad's tough, and I didn't want to, but ended up bringing it back with me. And then Zita goes and pulls something like this. That doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't help, that's for sure. Mm -mm. Well, that's why you got to communicate I, with us and let us know. I thought you had a great Thanksgiving. I thought you went down and cooked for the family. I mean, I know you didn't take pictures and all, but I thought that your whole family was going to help out, and instead of being people that were going to be sad, you were going to be the happy family. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I did my best, but it was still really, really tough. Just not having him around. Zito? No, my father. I get confused. I bet Zito was with his dad having fun. I was. Well, at least the Bucks won. Nope. Lost with 15 seconds left. Okay. You can put that in the moral victory column. Uh, Maddie, you're on run of Man, I feel bad now because I was on hold before he started crying. And I, I feel for your dad, dude. But every time you start interacting with the show, it's only when it's about you or you're upset or something, dude. Like, God, it never ends. It sucks. 
I got I asked you, about Ronnie. it. I think the point was, Bez, that we haven't heard a word for you in fucking days. And we have to get back into this kind of stuff before you have some interest in it. I'm sorry about that. I see that you got a lot of emotion underneath. You know what I mean? But they never seem to have to do with any of the stuff from the show. It's all this other stuff. And obviously you got a lot of rage towards Zito. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, it doesn't help any. Doesn't help any what? To sit there and be so gleeful that, um, oh, I was able to exclude Fez. Do you think that's what he was saying? I was able to exclude Fez? Uh-huh, yeah. There was plenty of time to tell me about this yesterday. Plenty you, of opportunity. You seriously would have come. Yes! And been nice. And been pleasant. Yeah. Do you think he would have gone to this dinner? Seriously, if I was like, Fez, we're going out to dinner. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Only because I know that he ignored Dennis for the hour meeting that I had with him. You know what I mean? Like, you never came in and said hi, blah, blah, blah. So, I can't to think that you would have wanted it then to go out to dinner with the guy. I mean, if you're going to get that happy and talkative, I guess I'll have the show catered every day. If that's what's going to pull you out of the shell. I'm in. I definitely would have been nice. I would have, I would have tried to enjoy myself, of course. But why didn't you try to enjoy yourself on this show for three days? Um, I guess nerves. And you're not nervous at a dinner? No, I would have been nervous, but I w like I said, I would have tried. Why don't you try here? Um, here's Nate. Nate, you're on my Fez. Hey, buddies. Hey, Fez, maybe now you know how Zito feels. All those days you brought in Hicks breakfast and forgot all about him. Why are you jumping up and down and laughing, Zito? Because I hadn't even thought about that point. Yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> this is how it feels every fucking morning. Do you know how morning. ridiculous you look jumping up and down like a little girl in elementary school? But do you realize that he has the interns laughing and clapping for him in there? That's fine. They hate me, too. I realize Who does? it. Who does? Friends not hate you. What does yesterday prove? What happened yesterday? Didn't get invited to the dinner. Fred What's didn't that got to do with Fred? UCB Fred. Because everyone's being turned against me. I don't understand what happened. I understand. Everyone fucking hates me. I fuck up every day, and everyone fucking hates me. I get it. Alright? You don't have to rub it in my face by, going, by making sure that you're so happy that I didn't go to a dinner. I, I get it. Why can't we have fun with anything? Fuck you! I thought that was, Zito, I thought that remark was going to get a nicer response than it got. <clears throat> I think what he's saying to you, Fez, is he's just ball busting. And I don't think he is. You haven't been involved here since you come back. Because he's not happy unless this happens. He's not in charge of the show. You are. He talks on the air more than you. 
Everybody's waiting for you to get in and get. I don't know what you said. You fucked up every day. You were invited into this show on a daily basis. Now, do I agree with you that the heart of your problems is UCB Fred? Yes, obviously. That was a side. I do. A... You think UCB Fred hates you? I'm. I don't think so. I know so. I, but I'm sure it'll end up that way. James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Can't you boys? I, I ain't been a listener for long. Can't you boys just get this guy some help? He, he needs some help. Well, he's got a therapist. I don't know. Here's Al. Al, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Ron, I like to call for you. How do you do this junior high school bullshit every day? Stop letting it. Is he just picking on him or something? Somebody stand up for him or Fez, stand up for yourself. But for Christ's sake, fucking move on. This is unbelievable. Well, it's not like this happens every day. Fez hasn't talked since he's gotten back. No. And we don't know what happened. He hasn't. I will tell you this. I heard just the opposite of what he said on the air. I heard we're having a wonderful Thanksgiving. The whole family's pitching in. We're not just getting supermarket food. So I've been waiting for him to tell that story on the air. I was under the impression that he was going to be taking pictures of it because that bit went over big and everybody was excited about Fez. If Fez acting like everything's awful, go back and read the last day that he was on the air and involved here. People wrote wonderful fucking things about Fez and everything was great. And he took all that happiness with him and came back with nothing. And apparently, you know, this thing yesterday, this dinner has him upset, but... It really wasn't these guys' fucking position to invite you, Fez. If you had been around, hanging out with those guys, I'm sure they would have given you an invitation, but you ignored them. At the same time, you can invite people out to dinner. Yeah, I know. You do also need a, a new fucking therapist, and we've told you that a million fucking times. Months. Uh, plant Dan, you're on Fez. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Fezzy, I was just thinking about sending you some tissues for Christmas. Would you like that, buddy? Send whatever you want. Waste your postage. Swissy just wrote that she's crying. Um, by the way, her horse is very, very sick. Oh, Jesus. With colic. Is it a racehorse? No, she she's one of those girls, like, she has a horse that she loves. Pepper like, guys will never understand how much a girl can love a horse. It's weird. Like, it's we see a horse, and it's an awful thing about men, as something either to bet on yeah. or to pull plows or whatever. But a, a girl, and they grow into women like this, they see a horse as a friend. So this is a very serious thing for her when her horse is sick like this. That's some serious shit. Um, let's go over here to Gurga. You're on my face. Yeah. Hey. What can we do for you, Gurga? You guys got a Geiger counter in there and some Japanese scientists? Because he is melting down. Something's going up with Fez. But he hasn't really let us know. 
since he got back. And like I said, he told me the Thanksgiving trip went great. There was a lot of nice moments, but it was still hard without my dad. And like when I got back here, that's what I got left with. What do you mean? Like I had, it's like that's when it was sinking in. I mean, I I cried every day being in Florida, just being back in his house with his stuff. And, you know, and I worked really hard on the Thanksgiving. And then I guess when it was done, there was just this letdown of being really sad that he wasn't there. Here's James, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, man. Um, my dad just passed away myself. He's had quadruple bypass, died. I know how it is. It sucks, man, but... You just got two emotions going on, man. It's, you just got to let the shit go. No, Nobody hates you. You think everybody hates you. You're always down on yourself. Like like Ron said, the show you guys had right before Thanksgiving where you were involved, it was a great show. I mean, it was extremely good. When you're involved, people like it. Nobody hates you, man. Everybody loves you. Just keep your head up and just try to be happy about everything, man. I'm sorry about your dad. Because I know that's really tough. And I know that I'm nuts, too. That, you know, there's paranoia involved. But it just feels that way when something like yesterday happens. Why? What happened? When I didn't get told about the dinner. Who should have told you? Stanley could have. Zito could have. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the dinner. Uh, let's go over here to Dan. Dan, you're on Yeah, I'd like to ask you guys. I don't listen to your show that often. Just flipped it on. And, and, and I'm just, uh, have a take on this. Is this a bit, or is are you really, uh, is... Is this a real situation that we're having here, or do you just consider this a bit? I consider it real. These are my real feelings I'm putting out here. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I just, I'm not being sarcastic. I just was listening, and says it sucks. I know, but See, I, I know. Yeah, well, first of all, you don't even listen much. I'm sure you're a therapist, whatever. Now, the interesting thing to me is I consider anything that happens on the air to be a bit, no matter what it is. Because it's entertainment. Whether you bring something real or not, it's still entertainment. It's still, the point of it is to give to the audience, not take from the audience. You heard what Russell Simmons' thing was today. The only life you can have is one of service. There's no other life. Mm -hmm. There's no other life. You can only give. And that's how you receive. So for it to be real, and this is real, and I want to stop everything and be real with these guys, is the exact opposite of what people do on the radio. I, I don't even know what our relationship is anymore, meaning me and Fess. The point is, neither does he. 
Because there is, like you said, when you guys get off the air, you don't talk to each other. You figure, hey, it's going along okay. There's no sense in bringing up anything that's going to be fucking real. And then you are doing a work on the air. On the air, He's doing a shoot on the air. So, obviously, you're not going to connect. Yeah, I mean, the only time I, I did a real shoot with him was that Thanksgiving show. I meant those things I said. But I know he doesn't believe that, but whatever. Well, you're not going to believe anything. Look at the guy who said, called just a minute ago and said, hey, I lost my dad, uh, blah, 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 but you just got to keep going. What did Fez send back to him? Sorry you lost your dad. I know that's really, really hard. The only thing that he heard out of that was the most negative stuff to fucking drop down and feel sad about. There's nothing to do but feel sad. That is his focus. That's where he wants to go with everything. Where do I got to get back to that feeling that I can get to? Uh, if there's something to do on the air, where's the mistake I can make so that's when I can start feeling bad? It's 100%. Or I'll just sit and watch you guys do the show and do that without even having a problem with it. To let two hours go by without saying a word doesn't bother him. Doesn't bother at all. Um, let's go over here to, um, uh, let's go over to Corey. Corey, you're on my face. Hey, Ron, it seems like, uh, uh, Zeke, uh, Zico's having a really good time just, uh, just watching Fez have a big problem. And he's just sitting back like Sam would like, hey, watch, not my he, problem, nothing. He, hey, yeah, I'm not he's very anything. much like Sam. He's very much like Sam. There's no doubt about it. Where in, in Fez is really having a problem here, where sometimes Zito just uh, might just want to stop doing that ha-ha laughing, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. The fake laugh? I'm really sorry, Fez. All right. In, but in the time, it's the Ron and Fez show. Have you ever taken him aside and say, here's the way we're going to do stuff? Has that ever happened? No. Why? Why? Then how? what other way would he know? True. And... It is fun. It's not like, but as you, I think, notice once it gets to once you get really like sad and and cry. I don't do that because that's not fun. That's not like, I don't know. It's not. It's not like, hey, we're having a fuck. We're doing a thing. Then it's like, oh, you're really sad. This is making me sad. Uh, here's Jerry Bark. It was Dennis and Jerry that uh, I guess took Zito and Hicks out for the meal of a lifetime. Which, by the way. Neither of you fuckers would have went to if I would have wanted to go to dinner. I know. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. But did either one of you think to yourself, I'll put some of this in Tupperware and save it for Ron for later? Here's Jerry. Didn't Jerry! Tupperware on me. Hey, Ron. Not every, I was the only one who didn't finish something last night, and, and they chided me about that. Well, what didn't you finish? My gnocchi. What are you, a girl fucking appetite? How do you not finish? It's on the plate. I, I was, uh, was. What are you doing, Jerry? I did. I got called out for it all around the table. I, didn't I mean, I understand if suddenly bullets start to fly and you got to get out of there, or the cops show up. There are reasons, I guess, not to finish. You know, another person's choking. But if it's a nice leisurely night, you finish what you have. The guy was. They were talking about dessert. All those plates were clean. I had to jump on dessert. What'd you have for dessert? Had a little espresso. With the uh, almond chocolate cake. What'd you eat, uh, Hicks? Chocolate almond cake. I guess, <laughs> you know. 
It was good. Nice Lots. cappuccino. Yeah, I want cappuccino. I always like to have one after dinner. Fuzzy, what'd you have? I didn't go. I didn't have any of these dessert plates or entrees. Fez, Maybe Jerry didn't want you there. Not, that's not, not that's true. Fine. We would have loved to have had your company and, uh, and to take some heat off some of the boys there. You know, we could have done a better job making sure the invitation was extended. And I know Dennis, I'm sure, would be calling, saying the same thing right now, but he's flying across the country at the moment. And he's doing that without an airplane. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing dude. Pretty yes. Amazing dude. Well, that's Notre Dame for you. <laughs> I didn't bring that up just now. You do. You got. You constantly go like... Uh, you know Lou Holtz, right? Like, yeah, Notre Dame story. Guess what? I want some Notre Dame, though. <laughs> yeah, no. I got that. The plan this weekend. Who just told me the other day that they were raised in South Bend? Uh, was it was it or bought, was it Cross? Yeah, yeah. Rob Cross yeah. was raised in South Bend. Moved out as a kid. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I like really? it. I All right, like Jerry. It. Well, thanks for splitting up my team. It was really kind of you. Really, I'm sure we'll be welcomed back now. I yeah. really appreciate putting the divide in. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. This is the thing that I feel bad about. These guys, who couldn't be any kinder, now you've made them feel awkward. That wasn't my intention. It was my intention. It was Hicks and what was Zito your... trying to make me feel awkward, so I did it back to them. What was your intention? To explain that I felt bad about being left out of this invitation by them. Now, let me ask you this. Would an Englishman ever have done that? Would an Englishman have needed to let people know, I feel bad because my feelings have been hurt? No. How would they handle it? They would uh, have kept it to themselves, I guess. I'm just curious. What do we get in this country by explaining people... That snuff has hurt. It's an English gentleman. I can't even get through this without him laughing at you. Yeah. See, it's it's the joy in it. It's not even the snub. It's the joy that we got away with a snub. Is it? Only Zito is joyful now. You're bringing up pictures of Englishmen on the computer. Ridiculous I, looking. I'm from a fucking, you know, different fucking background. We fucking bleed alone. If we get fucking shot, we crawl into the woods. My mom would always be like, no, I'm not taking you to the hospital. I don't want anybody to see you sick. Let's get you well, then we'll go to the hospital. What? But this thing of, this hurt my feelings, and I demand to be invited to a dinner, even though I didn't even run into Dennis and Jerry yesterday. I didn't see them. I didn't take the time to walk down the hall and sit with them. Ron spent an hour with them. And yet, I, when it came around, he wants to take everybody out to dinner. I demand to go. Is this from a... Different background for me. So I guess you felt shitty about it, but it becomes this thing of now let me make someone else feel shitty. Not let me try to fucking fix this thing, but how do I make everyone feel as bad as I feel right now? Yeah, because Zito was trying to rub it in. You've never not brought me to anything, Fez? I think you've gone to every staff dinner that I've paid for since you've been here. I know you and Hicks went somewhere without me one time. Went over to the Hard Rock. I wasn't there. I didn't say a word. Would you love to have went? I was indifferent on it. I, I said, <laughs> no, whatever. Okay. I'll just continue on with my life. Oh, that wasn't for me to invite you. Well, we'll see how that works. See? Yeah. Oh, I understand then. That it still hurts. 
I didn't go and I don't hurt. I don't hurt at all. I had to go do work. I didn't feel. <laughs> and then I was actually even th thinking towards Dennis and Jerry, hey, how fucking cool they take the guys out. It's really great. I know those guys are going to eat a good meal and drink too much and embarrass me a little. And then I'm actually, I'm walking home, I'm thinking, um, I better get in touch and kind of smooth over the way my guys act and let them know that sometimes they drink too much. But I didn't feel, I didn't feel like less of a person that I wasn't there. No, you were part of it. You got the initial invitation. But I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm not upset at Dennis and Jerry at all, if that's what people think. They feel awful. Just so you know, Jerry called before he because f he feels awful. And did he text you first? Text? He, texted me. he texted me. Is Fez upset for real? And then as he hung up, he goes, I'm sure we'll be invited back. You know what I mean? Like, they want to have... Uh, here's uh, Steve, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show. You know, I listen to you guys every day. Uh, it, it's turned into the uh, Ron and Hicks and fucking Zito show. How much does Zito and Hicks get paid compared to what Fez gets paid? Uh, this, I feel like I'm in a fucking time machine. Fez gets paid a lot more. Um, CJ, you're on my Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Well, I just want to ask you. Listen to you and listen to Fez. And you know you've come from a, a a real tough place with your with your rehab and and uh, trying mm -hmm. to find yourself. You seem to have a, a positive outlook. Well, well, you think Beth needs some kind of rehab or? Well, see, here's the thing. I only have a positive outlook compared to Fez. Compared to any normal person, I look like a fucking screaming fucking maniac. <laughs> but when I sit next to Fez, people are like. Are you a Buddhist, Ron? Is, uh, how do you stay so centered? I'm not centered at all. Most of the things that Fez finds unpleasant, I do too. But then I go, I have a show to do today. I also have family problems. I also have people in my family. I worry about health. I don't make it the center of my fucking show life. I figure like I'm here to work. I have a science infection. A science infection? Sinus. Are you, sinus. Are you trying to compare a science infection to the death of his father? Oh, see. You Jesus Christ, better no. just back off talking about my dad. Does he went too far? I don't need him talking about my father. Could he ever? I would rather he didn't. Because even, even if he means it in a respectful way, he comes across so smartass that it's not going to sound that way. So you feel like he shouldn't ever even mention it at all? Yeah. How about your mom? Um, well, she's still with us. My mom's fine. Uh, you can only mention living members. Okay. Did you listen to the Russell Simmons stuff at all today? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you hear when he said stop needing? Yeah. Did uh, Do you realize that everything you've said since then is just needy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. It's the exact opposite of his fucking book. You should write a book called How to Feel Really Fucking Bad About Any Situation That Comes Up. And then maybe people could read it in the mirror and feel better about themselves. Um, John, you're on Here's Queen Elizabeth. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, honey. 
Hey, um, I just wanted to call up and defend Fez. I can um, completely sympathize with the first year after my father died. Every holiday was just excruciating. You're you're in a tsunami of emotion, and any kind of ball busting, you know, it re- you kind of take everything to heart because you feel like your heart's been broken. All right, but let me just say this: and I and- gave birth uh, two months. Yeah. After my dad uh, died, after eight years of infertility, oh jeez, and um, it, it was just like a, a complete roller coaster. Like I finally had a baby, and I didn't have my father. Like, and it was just. And Thanksgiving is hard. It's the circle game. Yeah, and like I think, like I measure her life. Like, well, her and my father were never. Like he never held her. He never got to see her and. It, it is it is brutally hard, and even if you have a good Thanksgiving with your family, you still think like there's still something missing. There's still someone that should be there, and I can I can sympathize, and I, I see where Zito's ball busting would make me want to you know hobble him. Right, I get that, but Fez is also a professional, and he's at work now. True. And if you can't leave those things behind and do your job then you can't do your job anymore. And since you came back, you haven't been on the air with us. This is the only thing that brought you out. This is the thing that you needed to say, I wanted to fucking do this. But you haven't made any attempt. Forget these fucking people in this room. You haven't made any attempt to entertain people. No, that's I gave true. you one thing to do and you hated it. You fucking hated it. And that was just me going, here's something... To see if you want to get back into this. And you fucking despised it. And all the people that put work into that, they they were all fucking bummed out about it. You didn't re- go out and contact any of them. You know, you just let that go. And you're focusing on him. All right, I got a break here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's the Run Fest Show. <clears throat> this is a song for Fizz. Running back and forth, busting his ass for his pain. 
A no name intern uh, locked that down for Fezzi. First cop rock, now this. <laughs> you like that, Fez? That's a very sweet song. No name's the best. I like that one. It gets in its shots, but I think it's uh, it's supposed to be sweet under uh, underneath it all. Mm-hmm. And you don't think Zito is? No. No. I think there's just shots, more shots underneath it all. Mm. So you think underneath his shots are more shots? Uh-huh. Like LMFAO. Shots, 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 shots. You know, um... What, top 40? <laughs> you know, we do have that new thing, too, that maybe we could put up on the entire bank for Fez. Um, and even do a contest. Pick out a prize for us, too, with that. Uh, let's go over here to Mafia Life. Chris, hey, Chris, long time. Hey, buddies. How you doing? Good. This is something that's been infuriating me for a while. And I don't think people realize that Fez is the boss and in an authoritative, you know, position. And I, I'm not, I fucking hate the advices and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to be like that, but when... The Advice Show. It fucking bumps me, man. You know, Fez, put them to work. Make them, like, if, create an idea and make them fucking produce for you and come in and be like, I don't like that. Change it like this. And, like, you know, make them ride these guys, man. You're the boss. But I'm not saying you don't know the dude. I'm just saying maybe spend some time doing that now. And they don't, it just bugs me that they get to walk. Who walks on the friggin' boss? I can't walk on my foreman and my bosses. Uh, you know, they walk on me if I make a mistake. You should, I, I feel like you need to take charge and, and, and maybe spend some time and energy, uh, uh, you know, creating some ideas and making them, you know, you know, you know produce them for you and, and be the boss. All right, so, so treat it like the mafia. When's the last time you had a big idea, Fuzz? It's been a while. So what do you do with your crew when you don't have ideas? What do they do? Make it on their own? You know, when you, you yeah. listen, he has the ideas. He's obsessing over stuff that's personal. And you're at work. And it's really hard when, you know, times are tough. And, and, and whatever. It happened to me. I was in a really bad place for a very long time. You know, for whatever reason. Come on. She's really nice. She's, Frenchie's been great. When I worked, listen to me, when I worked, and started creating and started to put my mind towards work. It made me not forget the things that are the problems, but it made me it put them in perspective because I started enjoying work. You enjoy creating. You are the best creator. You're a fucking entertaining guy, and I understand. You know what I'm saying? And I want it, and I I see it in you. All right, I thank you, Chris. All right, that's getting rid of him, but you're not talking to him. You're not involved in the conversation. All right. Zito, do you think Fez treats you like he's your boss? <coughs> yeah, he asked me to do stuff. He like he he asked for you know music beds or stuff he needs, and uh -huh. then I I get it for him. He'll say stay on this, I stay on it. So yes, so that does happen. Yeah. What do you think, Hicks? Fuck yeah, I've never said no to Fez. I never would. Yeah. Do you invite him to every dinner? That didn't happen last night. Did you ever once think about it? Did you think Fez would have his feelings hurt? 
I was just, I felt, all right, this is what happened. Like, Fez wasn't here for the entire time they were here. Not a second. Upstairs. He was upstairs, even before, I, as I was walking them in. And then they invited me and Zito. I just felt awkward since I wasn't the one doing it. I, I should have mentioned it. I didn't. I felt awkward, and I went uh, the wrong direction. And I, I apologize to Fez. I'm not going to bust your balls. I'm not Zito. I'm not Syracuse. Then what if Dennis and Jerry would go like, where does this guy get off the balls? I invite two people to dinner, and he invites a third. I I, I just I felt that's really that was the main thing. I didn't want to invite. I don't know Dennis very well. I know probably know Jerry better. And Dennis was taking us out to dinner, and I didn't want to. Dennis hates you. Oh come on, Dennis. Dennis uh, cool with you. What Dennis? Why are you hating me so? You drank much? like a fucking fish. <laughs> well, come on, it's like not delicious peroni time beers. <laughs> That's where I am there. Here's uh, Joe. Joe, you're on Manifest. Hey, guys. Um, I got to uh, go with Zito here. Um, I mean, look, Fez is a, it seems like Zito's nice to Fez off the air. I mean, and Fez is a wrestling fan. You know, I mean, if, if Zito's busting his balls and playing into the bit while you guys are on the air and trying to bring a little funny into the show, into a bit that he's pretty much perpetuating... I mean, I can't fault him for that. You know what I mean? I mean, he's never known Fez any other way. Fez has always been this way since he's been on the show, since Zito's been at the show. So, I mean, what else can he do? I mean, I don't know. I got to... I mean, Fez is a wrestling fan. He should understand playing into the pit. I mean, as long as he's cool... Yes, that's why when attacked, I attack back. (sighs) I don't know. You say it's a shoot, not a work. True. Well, a a wrestler would go, oh... Somebody's working me. I'm going to work back. Not going to shoot on them. Mine, mine happened to be a shoot. Right, but that wouldn't work, right? Yeah, but it wouldn't work to not uh, fight back either. But you would work back, not shoot back. I feel like if somebody gave the rock bottom and then he stabbed the guy. <laughs> yeah, because I don't feel. I feel he's shooting. All right. So, but that's the point. That's where we're going with this. Right. That's the thing. You're seeing the works as shoots, which means that you're not working at all. Um, here's Orlando. You're on Runafest. Hey, Fezzy. Que pasa, papi? What can we do for you? Just, you know, I want to stick up for you, brother. You've been doing it long enough. How long have you been doing it? Over 10 years? Sure. I think you paid your dues, man. You should take it easy and tell these guys what to do. At the end of the day, it's your show, it's your name on it, isn't it? Yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that I should be taking it easy. Well, listen, I kind of got the same, you know, feelings as you. Even Ronnie sometimes comes in like, hey, man, I don't got to worry about ratings. Fuck this world. But I right feel like on. that every day. <laughs> every day I feel like that. Yeah. I just don't even believe you can make a mistake on satellite radio. All right, something... Uh, is now up now on Cartoon Corner, and your chance to win. It's the inventors of Fezzy Brown, and uh, what we'll do is give out a prize with what's bothering Fez. So um, we'll put this up, and then we'll give out the prize tomorrow. It's the Charlie Brown thing as Fez, and just a caption contest. What do we got to give out? Well, I was thinking we give out a signed copy of Talking to Girls About Duran Duran by Rob Sheffield. Okay, breaking out the big stuff. Uh, head on over to the com. 
TheInterrorBang.com. It's a caption contest. Fez Watley, what is he telling his psychiatrist? Like, Zito, if you were doing this, what would you write? Focal what? I get it. So, focal what? Uh, Hicks, if you were doing this, what would you write? I can't stop shitting. It hurts. All right. Wait, I, is this the right doctor? All right, so you would actually even go outside of today's stuff and go for, <laughs> as you say, a shit joke. Because a lot of times we'll come in here and Hicks will look over and goes like this. I got 13 shit jokes. Just let me know when you want me in. I go, I like to do some other stuff besides shit humor. Okay. Not me, dude. Let's fucking hit it and hit it hard. I got a lot of shit humor. I'll scratch off shit. Save it for when you're doing the show with Dave tonight. Beside Dave. Did you invite Dave to that uh, dinner? He was in Jersey at the time. I did not. He still would have came in. <laughs> Threw him an invite, you know, just to be courteous. Fez, what would you put up there in the caption contest? Your bill is this big? So you wouldn't even do a Zito thing. And you would have just taken it back to you and the psychiatrist. All right, I see that we're stepping out of a theme. Um, it won't be about today, I guess. So your bill is this big is where we're going. Well, there's a huge prize on the line for it, as you know, uh, a signed book. Um, let's go over to um, Kyle. Kyle, you're on my face. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say how fucking funny it was when Fez was crying on the fucking radio about his dad. And one of you guys is eating potato chips or something, and it's coming through the fucking air. <laughs> like, it was fucking great. great Let's radio. say people need to snack. I mean, I think you can snack and mourn, but that's me. Uh, Dylan, you're a manifest. Hey, guys. Um, I've been listening to this show since you got to New York in 1999. Go on And I just want to say that this is so difficult to listen to on a day that people are expressing real, actual pain over losing somebody. I cannot believe the lack of perspective that Fez is showing, that he can actually sit here and, and have this conversation seriously on today of all days. Yes, it's a very sad day, but I got asked about this specific thing, this dinner. It's a really sad day. I talked about how awful oh. I feel for Patrice's family. It's just devastating what happens. doesn't compare to not being invited to a dinner. No, it doesn't. You're right. You did. You were able you, to figure that out? No, he's saying, you made a two-line statement yesterday where you said, after an hour and a half when I called you in, I feel for his family. I know what they're going through. And that was it. That was the thing. People tweet it longer than that. Might be something even to do with it. I don't know. But uh, this stuff is out there. All right. Um, people, your chance to win. Head on over to the interrobang.com uh, for the uh, little adventures there of Fezzy Brown and uh, your chance to win. Um, let's go over to uh, Stumpy. Stumpy, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Fez, don't you think maybe the boys and the listeners have a little bit more respect for you if you actually showed up to work and did the job you actually fucking get paid for instead of whining and sniveling like a little bitch every fucking day on the air? 
It's. I think it's been a while since I've cried on the air. It happened you today. Today. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter a while. I've never heard Ron cry on the air. Point being, you shouldn't fucking cry. Do your goddamn job. Act like a boss. Do what you get fucking. I'll tell you this. I almost <laughs> cried yesterday when I read a certain tweet. My voice cracked like a fucking girl's. And I fucking said this to myself. I go, is this it? Is this when I fucking fall apart? No, it's just Twitter. There is a part of me. I'm not even fucking kidding about this. I brought it up three times now. I think I'm a little angry about how kind the media is being to Patrice when he would have loved to seen that. He would have loved it. Never. I mean, when he um, was alive, never. Would we are going to be playing the Unmasked over the weekend. Uh, oh, and I have put all kinds of tribute stuff for Patrice together. No, let you know about it. But he comes off in that talking about the fact that, you know, he went one way and commerce was in another direction. And he really gets philosophical about it. You know, like, hey, I can't complain. I know what I was doing, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, everything that you could measure success in terms of recognition was there. It's just that no one expressed it at the time. And I honestly think, and there's not, I know there's nothing you can do about it. I honestly think that I'm angry about it. I just wish he would have had the opportunity to see. I mean, the New York fucking Times wrote him up last night. Jesus. Did the New York Times ever write up anything for... Patrice before um, he was trending worldwide on Twitter like a meet like with two things two separate trends which is very impressive and yet he never got the chance to know that I don't know why it really just pisses me off I can't get around that's one thing I just don't can't get around all right here's some of the things that people are leaving for fed 63 up already um I don't get it, Doc. Is a milkshake a beverage or a dessert? That was a blowjob? What the hell's wrong with my hands? Doc, there's a huge sperm cell above my head. And they say I shouldn't talk. And then they said I shouldn't talk on the radio. I should talk on the radio. Um, what it comes down to is he hosed my ass out in front of everyone. Why, why, why? Can I turn this stool upside down to make myself more comfortable? Uh, can we stop talking about me daddy issues for a minute and discuss why my right thumb is apparently the size of my head? A lot of this is going to fucking hurt UCB Fred. <laughs> this one just said my paycheck is this big. He put this much inside me. Uh, do I still have my dad's ring? I think that bitch stole it and cashed me out. How can I take something this big up my poop chute? My ego is this big, so how big of a gun do I need? I don't contribute anything to the show. Did my dad leave that money for me? I was fine before my dad died. Why the hell do I suddenly look like pecker lips? I swear she said cookie when we were alone. What am I supposed to do with all these certs? What can I buy Ronnie B for Christmas this year that he would want to talk about on the air about? $400, do you accept dead dad change? Every time I run up to that microphone, I think Ron's going to pull it away. But he does it. Cookie. 
cookie, cookie, cookie. Everything's great. No problems whatsoever. My daddy put all those dollars on the ground for me. Um, it doesn't matter what you tell me, Doc. I won't listen anyway. This is really going strong. You got a winner that you like so far? I mean, we're, we're not at the end, but anything that you really like, Hicks? I like the, uh, did my dad leave that money for me? I like that one. Uh, remember, to win, you got to put a real email address on your comment. You got to put a real email address on it to be a winner. I need a break here. We'll come back, wrap it up, run a fez. Among the few possessions he left to his heirs was a set of Encyclopedia Britannica under the names Ari and Uzi Tenenbaum. No one spoke at the funeral, and Father Peterson's leg had not yet mended, but it was agreed among them that Royal would have found the event to be most satisfactory. Already 176 comments on the Fez contest <laughs> over the break. It's fucking fast. Yeah, it is fast. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, reminding you over on the entire bang also, uh, and this will be the last time I bring it up because they're going fast. Unmasked show with Voss and Barney. Uh, first time we've ever done an unmasked with a married couple. Also, a lot of stuff uh, about Patrice. You can find all the tweets from uh, the famous comedians who wrote about Patrice. Uh, many, many links on there. And you can leave your comments as well. Uh, that's all up on the Interbank. Another story that's interesting up on the Interbank. Independent Spirit Awards announced yesterday nothing for Kevin Smith or any of the actors in Red State and Kevin Smith now I think he tweeted that they were a fake ass awards thing and he's pissed all right um, and some people are mad saying you know Kevin you're having sour grapes why would you you know get pissed Michael Parks definitely belonged in there. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know if you can get any more independent than what Kevin Smith did. In the terms, because it's hard to figure out what an independent film is these days. They all have a, 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 it's a giant studio behind whatever small imprint they have, Well, the they small have, right? studios all went and got be bought out by, this, by the giant ones. And then they started to move in sitcom actors, you know, into that kind of garden stated up a little bit. Who doesn't love a garden state? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is tough to figure it out, so uh, that's up on there. The Kevin Smith uh, disrespected by the Independent Spirit Awards, and he, being Kevin, just remarks back, fuck you. Let's see exactly what he said. How in the fuck did the Spirit Awards not nominate Michael Parks, nor John Goodman, nor Melissa... Uh, Melissa Leo, fuck your idiotic organization, and then he hashtagged fake indie. <laughs> um, and you can put in should it have been nominated, a uh, great film, or no, it didn't measure up. Um, 
I will tell you, you, you couldn't do anything more independent this year with everything that uh, Kevin Smith was doing. Uh, like I said, we well over 100 uh, stuff for the Fez contest. Uh, and Christian, and I'm going to say this, Christron, Christron said, if this would, was realistic, uh, we would just leave Fez's balloon blank there above his head. Uh, next one is, why is Sirius still paying me? They say I have a cigarette secret, but Sugar Daddy Ron is the one letting me leech off his talent when I have none. Who wants to fuck who? Mike, it's no, none of your business. Who wants to fuck who here? The next one just says, Ron Bennington is an ill-begotten son of a bitch. Oh, come on. Um, a lot of people just picture or, or just focus on how bad they think UCB Fred draws. They really don't like the hands. And I know Fez has ten fingers. Dottie writes in, I like Naki. I like almond cake. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's good. I was doing it in the voice of Fridays. Or just Friday. Furtherman put in, present it without comment. Dave says, seriously, Snoopy's pal Woodstock has said more on Mike than me. Would you like a search, says Carla Fincher. I would like to see Carla win sometime. She's always great. She's done bang-up job. Uh, this one says, don't talk about my dad. My mom is okay. Just talk, don't talk respectfully about my dad. This one said the orange was this fucking big. How exactly does sanity work? I feel like I'm on an island. So that's what happened in Tampa. I think I left my apartment unlocked. Like my Bob Seger look, Doc? Well, that's somebody else. It's a different era, Seger. Sure. So many of these, so good. Uh, send me Fred in. Get the fuck in here. It used to be Fred. And he drew that up fast today. This Lightning was one quick. of his fastest days. This kid's drawn faster and faster. Did you do that to disrespect Fez? No, not at all. Who gave you the orders to draw that? Um, I was commissioned by Mark to mm -hmm. draw that. He had an idea, and he wanted to see it to fruition. And Now, you did this while the fight was going on in the last two hours? Um, Say the truth. No. This was something that he had an idea for. for. <laughs> so, it didn't even matter that this happened... When Fez was nuts today, Mark was planning on Fez being nuts again. Um, I already 238 people commenting, and a lot of them upset about your draw. <sighs> this is a very fine drawing, and I thought there would be nothing to be angry about. Look at the size of his head. Look at the size of his hands. Well, has anybody ever read Peanuts? They have giant ha heads, and they have <laughs> four fingers why on you, each hand. Why but you, you, could, you could correct it. You could do it properly. Then it wouldn't look like peanuts. The whole thing, they'd be like, oh, this doesn't look like peanuts at all. What? The, the reason it looks like is because it has the same stylistic... Do you stylistic realize that you just said penis? Yeah, no, I said like, peanuts. Penis. I need penis. Why'd you put that giant sperm above his head, too? <laughs> a giant sperm? What? It's not a giant sperm. It's a word bubble. Um, here's Lou in L.A. You're on Fez. 
Hey, guys, I uh, had a chance to see Bill Burr on stage last night and uh, saw him get really emotional in front of everybody about the whole Patrice situation. It was really touching to see, uh, see him reach out to the audience for support. and saw all the audience uh, turn back and, and give him a big round of applause. And uh, it, was a really, it was a really touching night. It was a really nice way to wrap up the night. Bill's a uh, fantastic comic, and it's, um, you know, in that whole show must go on thing. You lose your best buddy, you're on fucking stage that night. You just keep going. Keep getting it done. What are you going to do? You got to go to work. Um, Let's go over to Hammerhead. Hammerhead, go ahead, buddy. Ronnie B. Pecker. Zeke. I'm going to give you two seconds before I hang up on you. Hey, man. What I want to say is, why would anybody want to have dinner with says he probably sat there like a big bullfrog with a fence post up his ass. Seriously, nobody could be. No one is as southern as you're acting right now. No one would be saying bullfrog and fence post. It's fucking going to be 2012, all right? The Mayans are ending this shit fucking in a heartbeat. Bullfrog. (laughs) Uh, Rick said we're going to need a bigger bubble. Um, One secret, the money makes the problems go away. Medication time. Medication time. I'm dying and all I hear is insults. Uh, plenty more money where that came from, Doc. I steal this from SiriusXM any, every day. What do you mean that happiness is a choice? So you see, Doctor, I have these dirty feelings for Mark Zito. Oh. Uh-uh. They told us to report any suspicious-looking ba- packages. How was I supposed this, to know this was an eyeglass case? I forgot. This was years ago. Fez reported on a plane that an eyeglass case was left behind and that the uh, fucking stewardess didn't overreact and try to land the plane immediately. He was furious about. It was tucked away deep. Fez was also pre-9-11. No one was worried about it. Remember flying pre-9-11? Take a sword on the plane? It's like walk-on. It was great. Really? I never flew before 9-11. Before 9-11, on coach, we used to start garbage campfires. Just to stay warm. Well, it gets very cold up there when you're in the atmosphere. There's not a lot of heat, so... And Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. Exactly. In fact, it's cold as hell. Did you get the call yet from UCB? No. You're out. It ain't no. happening. Yeah, it's over, man. They fucking took your money, made you look I like I talked to two asshole. other people who've been called already. What? Oh, fuck. I, I sent an email to my friends. I was like, anybody get the call yet? And they're just like, mm. All right, here's a bit. I'm going to do um, Zito. You do Fez. Okay. Right? Oh, I didn't think Fez would want to come. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think Fez would want to come. Of course I want to come to dinner. I love going to dinner with you, Mark. And seen. Why hasn't they picked this kid up yet? Why can't he come in? Where's the fucking call? Where's level three? He's in the database already. Fezzy, how are you going to come in here tomorrow? What Fez Watley are we going to get tomorrow? A happier Fez. Not so I get a happier Fez. Are you going to come in working? Yes, a working Fez. Yeah. What are you going to do tomorrow? I'll be participating. What are you going to participate in? What are you going to grab? Um, I'll figure something out. I don't, I don't want you to. I want you to figure it out here. I want you to make a promise to the audience. 
I will have uh, one of the in-studio games to play with you guys. Is that or? I want you going backwards. What's the in-studio game? What are the other ones? What it's are we bad. talking about? Well, like the either or. All December, prizes every single day. Here's the beauty of this. You can win your gifts listening to the Ron and Fez show. That's awesome. And one-of-a-kind gifts. Signed, fantastic stuff with big, big names. We've been planning this all year long. Uh, obviously, today, we're giving away how to win, how to listen to Duran Duran and talk with girls. Hey, it's November 30th. Still not the season for giving. Why do you got to run them down? Yeah. Are you saying it's even going to be better? I love Rob Sheffield. <laughs> I do, too. And I wanted Rob Sheffield to come back. And none of you guys have ever called him. I like talking music with him. He's great. I just... He likes the shittiest music <laughs> and expresses it so well. Yeah, I saw him on the 100 best uh, songs of the 2000s. He was all over saying a lot of stuff is great. He loves <laughs> everything. A anything he hears, he's like, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, Fez, do a quick uh, either or that you do. All right. Um... UBC Fred or B-Dog? How does the mind work? The mind is just constantly it, moving. It doesn't. It's taken us to such fabulous places. I'm going to say UCB Fred. <laughs> All right. He's the only one that feels good voting. Because I love them both. Yeah. I love them both. The interns are always just fantastic. Both they don't like Fez, though. You've turned them against them. I'm not turning anyone against anyone. I was actually, when I walked down the hall, the... There was three other shows listening to Fez's breakdown. First of all, they say to me, hey, how do you not do this every day? Why don't you just say, what's wrong, Fez, and take an hour off? And then he said, the, our favorite part that has us laughing is that when Fez said you were turning the interns against him, and they would go like this, who the fuck cares what the interns think? They don't fucking matter! Ouch. There was another one, Fez. Salt or pepper? No, another game. Pepper. Oh. <laughs> pepper Hicks. <laughs> yes, that's him. Chris Stanley. Mm -hmm. See him? Another game. Young Bob Seeger, too, I guess. Right. Young Bob Seeger. Like rock. Dominate that contest. All right, this is first, second, or third. The Three Stooges. Where do you rank them? Well, with there's Mo, a lot more. With I, Mo, Larry, and Curly, those three. Uh, I'm going to go Curly, Mo, Larry. Larry, Mo, Curly. I'm going to say Joe Dorito, number one for me. <laughs> and then Larry and Mo. What else you got? Um, let me think of another. Another game. Another, another game. Another game. Another game. Another game. You're hitting me. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. I'm thinking. Another game. Another game. Another game. Another game. Another game. Head on over to the Interabang uh, right now. Your chance to win prizes. Also, another uh, letter is going up on Hangman within a half hour. Within the next half hour, another letter goes up. Get on it. And we keep going... Every hour after that, 
Holy shit. Wow. You guys better get it then. On every three hours after Aww. that, including the middle of the night, <laughs> until we get a winner. Stick by your fucking te goddamn computers. Come on, Fez. What are you waiting for? Another game. 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 That's what my face was going to be. Oh, now dance. So high. Head on over the entire bang. Your chances to win. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.